0: What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Bless. I got to the left of me. The homie let me know. And this is the M.O.T. podcast right now in the building. Please welcome Mr. Shapiro, a.k.a. the founder of Vintage Frames. Introduce yourself to the people. What's up? What's up? Just got off a flight. from WrestleMania. Yes. See you two
1: fucking guys in a dark room with Adam and some...
2: That kind of party, brother. Some
1: wine. <laughs> How you feeling? You tired? I mean, you know, I'm a little fatter than I was when we first met. Long weekend. It's a fucking long flight up here, a couple wheezing
0: motions. You know how it is, you know? I definitely know how it is. Where <laughs> where, 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 was WrestleMania?
1: It was in New Jersey. In Jersey. I don't even think I've ever been to New Jersey. <laughs> really?
2: Let alone WrestleMania, yeah. The the Meadowlands, right, where the Giants play? Now not You your know, place. I don't even know. What do you have business got, in Jersey? I got it. Maybe a hotel room back in the day in Jersey. I got out of an
1: Uber, went into another car, and then it was Jersey's
0: weird. It looks like a giant, never ending Saint Jacques. Yeah. In the 80s.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? And this place that I went was like, you know, to meet up with everyone was like the weirdest spot. We went to my buddy uh, Food God's mom's house, who like has this kind of dope. Spot in Jersey, and like this building kind of looks like a Holiday Inn, wow. but inside it's like this mad, like Russian mobster looking fucking okay. place. Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of ill. Oh, yeah, Jersey doesn't play. Jersey no.
0: definitely is the armpit of the tri state area. It's definitely it a grimy, um,
1: definitely
2: an interesting place. A grimy place. What was going on in WrestleMania? Tell me, uh, I saw pictures today of, of, WrestleMania? of Rick Flair, yes yeah, and so, The Undertaker. Um, we were invited by Rick Flair
1: and his wife okay um and apparently his daughter is a wrestler
0: okay
2: (laughs) and apparently she was the main event the first time ever female main event
1: yeah Yeah. you know i really thought the wrestling was over 15 years ago so there's been a
2: major resurgence in the last couple years of wrestling it's like it's it's a whole other very
1: much not and people take it very seriously and i don't take anything seriously nor do i know any of the people so we had to hang out backstage but it wasn't like you know it wasn't like a hip-hop concert i was with peter rosenberg you know he's he's he covers the whole shit oh yeah yeah, for espn yeah you know and it's like it's not like summer jam and there's like all these you can't there's no cameras and there's no like weirdos who try to make it seem like they're more important than the next
2: so it was really interesting summer jam there
1: way back i I don't know i went with ross Ross once but i don't i don't remember where it was but it was like all these people coming up to the guys that i was with and i don't know who I don't know who Well, you're with the legend
2: are. of legends. You're with, you're with you're with Michael Jordan of, of wrestling. Yeah, we Your were with him, for... him, and
1: we were with um, Sergeant something.
0: Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah,
1: Slaughter, who looked like a rapist. Well, you remember
0: Sergeant Slaughter from the 80s. We, we were kids. Not Sergeant really. Slaughter like, was not not that much, you know. You were never into wrestling when we were in, like, an elementary school and shit?
1: I mean, like, I might have been, but not, like, the Ultimate Warrior is dead. Hogan, Although, I know. His wife's a big deal. His uh, wife does
2: all the charity stuff for the WWE.
3: Yeah, she's apparently. a big deal.
1: And um, it was like weird because they had this weird vibe. They had, like an induction the night before, and some fan ran up on the ring and just like nailed out the Hitman uh, heart yeah. or whatever. Took his name. out Bret. Just took him out. <laughs> like <laughs> out, out of
0: man, nowhere, you think be right? Security, right? Yeah, and. Oh, and, like this wasn't staged. This no, was no, no, no. Real, this was like well, real...
2: No, dumb. no, it was not. But wait, Vincent, not, Vincent and Brett go back. I'm no, thinking this is like him and his office. This was laughing. not staged.
1: And the whole place was like mad up in arms, like as if you were going into a hip hop show and they were checking you for a Gats. But it was because people were worried that he was going to get tackled. And, and then you got to think to yourself, what type of fucked up world... Does a wrestler get tackled like that? Like That's it's fucking weird, fucking you know.
3: Amazing.
1: So That's like everyone amazing. was, yeah, everyone was like kind of up in arms and the whole thing. And um,
2: that was the big thing of the weekend was Bret Hart getting tackled, right?
1: Yeah. Well, so that was the big thing, and all I want to do is have a drink because I'm incredibly uncomfortable i don't know where the fuck we are it's and i did not re- like testosterone well,
2: engaged the, men yeah here's, here's the best and you like
1: and you know i'm a big dude and these guys are like giants right and my boy who owns Chalkline, he's like if you're going let me send you with a Chalkline jacket so i'm like cool of course mm-hmm. so i'm wearing a million dollar man jacket him i remember yeah. but i don't know that i'm really hanging out backstage and it's it's really not that cool to hang out backstage with like another wrestler thing. It depends so, who you are. I mean, no, nah, I wasn't. I was not. And I'm wearing, you know, and I have all my chains and my rings, and and so I, I think look.
2: You're a wrestler. Yeah, and I look really out of place, <laughs> like completely out of place. Like and I don't know though, who any of them are. You look so, like yeah. the manager of one of the wrestlers. Well, so, this is what I'm thinking: is you look like like a character that someone created almost yeah. in the same way. Like you go out, you want to like you show off a little bit i see you so and and these guys are probably toned down backstage they're like
1: yeah they're all friends too right you know so the whole thing's like yeah the whole thing's a racket and so i'm so uncomfortable and i'm like fuck all i want to do is have like a drink so i'm like you know where can i get a drink and they keep on sending me to these stations that have water or diet sodas and i'm like well i'm not 90 and i'd like a real drink but i don't have my credentials yet so i can't even go out because then i'm fucked i don't have my tickets yet I'm like, oh, my God. So I finally get my credentials, get my tickets, go to my seat. I have really great seats. And I finally find a line where it's not like ass nine to get drinks. I'm holding two drinks. And it's in the middle of a match. And all of a sudden, a fucking guy gets thrown drinks all over me. Like, I'm like, fuck. I'm, like, I'm leaving this shit, you know? So I got out of there. And it was, then, it was like,
2: part of the Yeah, the they were match? like fighting. Yeah. it was backstage or wherever you were it, it wasn't, wasn't like a, like a separate
1: fight no no it wasn't it wasn't backstage it was um it was like in the in, i was like in the a first couple stuff, rows right? no no i was in like it was part of the wrestling thing okay so i don't i don't even know who the guys were but anyways the point being i lived through wrestlemania took off my jacket got my pants a little wet and uh bought my kids some toys and came home to see you in a dark room with blessed drinking <laughs> red wine. Back to that, right? <laughs> no, you know He's what? setting <laughs> the mood
2: well. I know. The, the, the dark room is to set a vibe, right? It's an aesthetic thing. Sure. We actually brightened it up a little bit for and you. And
1: the red wine is for rape.
2: <laughs> the, the red wine's for for raw. <laughs>
1: He's getting real cosby <laughs> <Yeah. guy. laughs> Yes. Not that
2: kind of party, gentlemen. Um, Corey, let me ask you something. Yes. We haven't, we haven't spoken in a little while. Yes. For all the little boys and girls out there. Yes. Yes. Um, How did you figure this one out? Figure what out well, how to get here. People know you, you GPS, <laughs> right? No, people know you as the sunglass guy. Sunglass guy, and I want to know where that started. Because evolution, personal. yeah. How uh, did you find I'm, your I'm niche curious. being more in the eyewear?
0: Finally, because I know, <clears throat> as you know, obviously we're old friends. Uh, I saw you, you know, uh, try your hand at many different things as a young hustler, as a young entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and I, I remember, you know, personally when you when you fell onto the whole eyewear thing. Yeah. But maybe explain to them, you know, how you got involved in fashion streetwear. Pop, and then you know it um, what it did, obviously.
1: So, I guess you know, fashion was always something I was interested in. Obviously, mm-hmm. um went to Lasalle College for like a brief amount of time. I didn't know that. Yeah, I went there for about a year and a half until they kicked me out with my diploma because the company that I had at the time was surpassed their curriculum, so they didn't really want me to be there because I was always talking shit about them in the media, and it was new, and I was like too aggressive for the school. Um, so I left there and it was right around the time when when I guess the first album came out mm. and started Urban Freakout, which was my brand and it was kind of like a, a play on this like jokey attitude mm-hmm. and, um actually the f- the first guy to design the urban freak out logos was um Jound and Jound now does well Jound and did Trill and you know mm. uh. Works with Kanye's whole camp and shit like that. Um, Not that it's the same aesthetic in any way, shape, or form. So we did that, and that was, you know, you either needed really big backing for for sunglasses. I mean, for uh, clothing, fashion, really. I mean, for for certain things, if you were doing production, right. So that was definitely that was one of the things. And then um, having such close ties to the music thing, you know, through various different people, um, places, and things. Um, you know, I was able to do product placement very easily. And since I had the connections of the more upper life of fashion Mm -hmm. and at the time, you know, we were all seen as like not a lower life, but we weren't seen at the same level. You weren't having us necessarily Mm -hmm. walk into more, yeah, into more luxury boardroom. we walk into Echo or or shit like that. I was just
0: going to say, I I feel like we both learned a lot from the Echo business model at the time. Yeah. Being so young and, and Echo... Uh, Lemmy, I don't know if you remember, but they were so active when it came to like hip hop culture and they were really yeah. into sponsoring local artists and yeah. events and all of that. And, um, you know, for those who don't know our background, me and Corey met when we were very young, uh, through a yeah. mutual friend, which is a very crazy long story. Um, and, uh, a, a, a cat that, uh, was kind of a distant relative of yours yeah, who, uh, who ended up passing away. God bless him. Um. Put me and Corey mm. in contact, yeah. and he was like, "Yo, you need to meet this kid." Fucking I think weird. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a <laughs> that's a podcast onto itself. Weird. An unbelievable story, but yeah. um, and uh, he introduced me and Corey, and then Corey ended up doing like all of our merch mm-hmm. because he already was was rolling with his T-shirt line. Um, and then I watched Corey open a sneaker store. Yeah, we
1: did sneaker freakers. Sneakers were
0: first. <laughs> yeah, uh, sneakers were after sneakers.
1: Sneaker was second and sneaker i opened with a partner who i thought had a sneaker plug it turned out he didn't and um you know the problem with it all was from a business standpoint in the sneaker store we were definitely the first like we were before good foot and any of that type of stuff really? from from like a real collectible yeah. you know sneaker world um we we had a pioneering store we didn't make any money with the store but the problem was whenever let's say we'd sell through a whole size run someone would come in with a 12, we'd only have a nine. So our profit was always tied up in the thing that we couldn't sell. Yeah. So that was impossible. And even, you know, a really well-poised business guy like Matt George, who opened Goodfoot, you know, he had to close his doors because it was almost impossible. And these companies were forcing you to carry so much shit that like...
2: And there's no giving it back if they don't sell kind of thing. It's like this is dead stock now.
1: I mean, as far as, I'm, as, far as from the Canadian side, No. Um, in the in American side, there's, there's a little bit more like play the way. for that shit. Um, so I had the sneaker store and we couldn't make rent. We just couldn't make rent. The store was, the concept was brilliant. We could not make fucking rent. And it might've so, been
2: before it's time as well, right? It was a hundred percent before it's time. There was
1: right. no question about it. Um, you know, if we were 10 years later, it would, it would have been awesome. We would have been late to the party but the store would have been
0: financially viable. Plus, right. you know, we were early sneakerheads and yeah. people looked at us like aliens. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. people looked at us like, okay, you guys are mentally ill. Yeah. You're packing up your apartments with fucking d- dusty shoeboxes. Yeah. And we, we, you know, we were so passionate about it. You know, we were loving, we were living life. Like we were like, yeah, yeah, we're crazy. We'll take it. Like, the game's changed in. now.
2: Now yeah, everyone and their grandma is yeah, sneaker. But we also like
1: had, you know, it was, it was at coming into it, like when when the album was coming out, you had to have other connections in different cities or you had to be on tour. Of course. There was no other way around it. You know, there wasn't an eBay and like that sneaker culture portion of it was just coming to fruition
0: yeah and Cor- and Corey would come with us you know often when we would tour or go to Toronto or whatever oh, yeah. and then what we would do in the daytime sure. is we would expand our network by going to the local yeah, yeah. sneaker spots introducing ourselves inviting them to the show they would bless us with some gear we would you yeah. know what I mean and and that that was the whole sense and no of social media right yeah. that right, was our be social in the streets media. doing yeah.
1: it that was our so social media. we had this store and on Friday and Saturday nights we had to throw after hours there because it was the only way we could make money <laughs> I And remember. we would we would run these illegal bars and we had gambling maybe no no, no gambling man. no <laughs> it was absolutely like a, a lost party back. in yeah. the store like you could people were smoking weed and it was fine we weren't selling drugs okay and we were just selling bars and whoever was like happened to have been there would be the bartender and they would make money and it would be awesome and i was so savvy with the police that i could convince the police that you know, well, what are you doing here? Well, we're trying to market the store and all the people that we want to market the store to, they're only here after hours because they're all people that are in nightlife and whatever. So the police were totally cool with it and they would come through and whatever. Um, And so we did this and it got like a little bit shaky. And then one day because it was this stairwell I walked into the stairwell and I smelled something that I like was very unfamiliar with <laughs> and I saw someone smoking crack in the stairwell in my store and I was like I God turned, damn it why you gotta I, bring the nah, story up I, Corey but I ter- I told I you to I stopped smoking and I'm like yo I'm like um, that, that's where I sign out of this so I'm, I'm out where you was know? the store? it was on Saint Laurent it was uh, on top of it was like Saint Laurent Prince Arthur it was a second floor store
0: it's kind of near where the store dime is now upstairs <laughs> yes right? exactly it was around there. to right. the left
1: of it so Dime used to be Space FB. Yes. And we would just be out there picking, I mean, it was like a fucking field day. He would hire for first interview for Space FB. We would take them upstairs for second interview. It was incredible. <laughs> okay. But we made absolutely no money, like just none. And um, so, you know, the fault of this whole thing was that there was always sizes, you know, sizes, capital since everything was self-financed um, from me. So it was like a bit of a weird thing. And, you know, going through the whole fashion thing, the one thing, like a, a couple things, actually. I believe that in a business that the most important thing is the exit plan. So from, from a glasses standpoint, you know, let's say glasses weren't cool tomorrow, people still need them for medical. Mm-hmm. So you always have an exit. There's always a value
0: to you it. You can liquidate stock. like hundred I, like percent. I yeah, would,
1: or yep. you could grab a dude who, or, uh, you know, a chick who is... An optometrist, an opt optician, put them into like a low end space and just have them bang out you know yeah. prescriptions all day. Yeah. So that was that was one. Um, the other thing was eyewear was not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. So they went through this whole period of like seventies and eighties and mm-hmm. you know even nineties in the early periods, but eyewear was fun and, and it then it the became two- like
2: those little like rectangle yeah, glasses it that like, everyone had.
1: Then
0: it became like
1: back to a medical need.
2: Yeah, it became
0: douchey almost. Like, only douchebags were wearing glasses before the re, surgeons. Yeah, the resurgence.
1: So, so there was that. And then, the other interesting thing was there was no life behind the glass. So, there was just the glass. And, um, the interesting thing about the eyewear and from what I saw from people that I was selling to, a lot of the time were like drug dealer dudes and artists and shit like that. And they would put on this pair of glasses and assume a personality. Mm. So, they might have not been as comfortable as they were to wear that glass. It might've been a statement, Mm -hmm. but they could walk into a room with that statement, play that card. And then if they got uncomfortable, they could take it off Mm -hmm. so they could revert back to their like human form. And I thought that that was so interesting that it would allow a barrier between your eyes and someone else. So I kind of created this whole culture behind it and, the other thing from, from you know,
2: being before, a collector... Before you keep moving on that one, but yeah. I always found that that was like, it wasn't just douchebags that wore their sunglasses indoors. It no, was no. people that wanted to create that barrier. I mean, yeah, if you look exactly. at... Well, look I mean,
0: ultimately, I'm joking when I say douchebag, but ultimately that's what it comes from. I think a lot of artists too, who might've been a little shy performing, yeah. put on the glasses, they don't have to make that eye contact. Fair. They could just Fair. run through the set. You yeah. know? And,
1: as pe- you know, and even with artists, as people do two, three shows and after parties and promo runs every night, their eyes look fucked up. You know, at the end of the day, that's like, that's the reality. So that was a very, you know, interesting thing to explore. And if you looked factually, there was no historical relevance with eyewear other than the medical. So you could pinpoint anything in the medical history, but you could never find anything about the fashion. So, you know, I figured to use the sneaker techniques of buying the dead stock, but let's approach these... Um, Influencers. No, 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 not even... I thought you were talking about no, like getting them
2: to like the hands. No, it
1: was purchasing. Okay. Um, the purchasing was the key because for the first five years I stayed off the internet. And the card, my idea was at the time, the the company wasn't originally called Vintage Frames. It was called The Company Formerly Known As. And I it was a black card that. and it had a flash uh, print on it on the front said The Company Formerly Known As. And on the back it was just a number. And the idea was that it would allow me to be very, like, inconspicuous when I wanted to go and buy glasses.
2: My business card is literally, yeah. let me know with a number. Yeah, so, f-
1: but for me, because I didn't want to be flashy walking into an optician buying their old stock or wherever I was going, so I would go in looking like, I mean, you came with me to Florida. Wasn't I, w- it? I was just going to say, yeah. we
0: have a great story. We'll get into that.
1: So, that was, that was the play. So, it was like walking in
0: with your pockets empty. No, There was no tracing me on the internet. Playing the schlep. Yeah. Because basically... Uh, Corey's whole game, which which I agree with, which was really smart, was he doesn't want to look like he's hot to buy their stock. Yeah. He wants to look like he's doing them a favor. Yeah, look, exactly. these are glasses exactly. from the 80s. Like, bro, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. I'll take a shot, yeah, you know? G- you know, we'll give you 50 bucks for the name brand, five bucks yeah. for the... You know? right. And he was great at that. i definitely give him his credit for that. And we went on a little vacation slash buying trip back in the day to, to Miami. Florida. We had a blast. Yeah. And... You know i'll give it to him it was a hustle he was you know looking in the old phone books we were going out into the hood yeah. you know going to like cuban optometrists and they looked they looked at us like we're crazy what do you want to go in our dirty stock room yeah. and go through those dusty boxes yeah right though he so, so he give shit. you a package price you know? yeah
1: the interesting thing was so at the time you know montreal being it's uh, being the scam capital of the world there was that was the around the time where the telemarketing offices were no longer sustainable so, everyone who quasi made money or spent money on these telemarketing,
2: whatever they were doing,
1: um, they were all out of business, but there was people who just were used to being, being in
2: a telemarketing room with you. It just hit me right now. Probably. Neither not. of us worked there, but yeah. it's okay. You um, Just hit me near Capoli. You remember? I don't know. Pro- <laughs> you put me there. Anyways, keep going. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> uh,
1: So, anyway. So, just hit me, Go. So, you had all these people who were actually skilled on the phone. So why not take them? Because now they're out of work and pretty much retarded. (laughs) Um, Let's put them into a room where they're beating down my leads, calling these shops and getting the information. They're already skilled at it. I could train them the keywords the same way that you wouldn't telemarketing. So they would be able to get me my leads. Then I would go out and do these things. And at the same time, uh, American Express released the black card. And, And everybody had, well, not everybody, but everyone who was in a community that I wanted to sell to or in my mind that I wanted to sell to you had a black card. Mm -hmm. So I became the kid going to people and giving them this black card. So it didn't matter who the fuck it was. I would go up to them, "Uh, here's my card, because at the time business cards were needed and obviously they're not anymore. And as soon as someone would ask me, it didn't matter who the fuck it was, what I did or what it was, I would politely take it back for them and say, I'm so sorry, it's not for you. (laughs) <laughs> and that was that was the play. So that was the pitch. Create, create and like that, that create the create mystique. the demand. Yeah, and then so coming from like a real collectible um, past, because I always used to do stuff with collectibles, whether it was like baseball cards or magic cards or whatever commodity I could actually get my hands on, was how I used to you know make money. And um, the one thing that was remained kind of the constant was in all of these different niches, there was something called a Beckett guide, which was a price guide. Right. And the price guide mm-hmm. was the one that dictated the prices, the, the, the high, the medium, and the low. Mm-hmm. And without this price guide, the whole industry didn't exist. So my, my thought was, well, what if not only we control the stock, but what if we're the price guide? And if we're the price guide, and then we can you know, play with prices based on who the people are that we work with, use it like that, it's a win win situation. You control the whole industry. <coughs> we are the industry. Yeah. Then coin the name, you know, and register the name vintage frames, you're Kleenex. So now you're the Kleenex, you're the black card, you're the you're the whole thing. And you have a commodity that you can invest in and you could change the prices single handedly. So you don't have to wait for the Beckett guy to come out. You could produce it. Right. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that was like that was the whole idea of it. And um it, it just kind of it kind of steamrolled through everyone. Once everywhere. you had
2: the Beckett, which once it that, created your own because then then you were so creating your own market value.
0: How did eBay affect your business when ultimately mm. it became more and more popular and stylish? We started.
1: We started with selling on eBay.
0: No, I remember yeah. that. But once other people obviously try and get into the game, did that fluctuate? Didn't at all. No, because there was
1: the same way that StockX exists now. Mm-hmm. There's a uncertainty of
2: authenticity. Mm. in general so your name's trusted at this point and exactly you're
1: good. so let's say someone's a 100 bucks cheaper than me on on ebay are you going to get the good is it really in that condition is it really what they say they come it is from china have you seen the fucking lenses like That's a, it didn't matter you're going to get a broken
0: yeah. curved up fucked up yeah. Pair? yeah
1: and at the end of the day there's always going to be a discount business versus a premium business sure sometimes they're going to collide it's however you decide to to kind of navigate through that so that didn't really affect it. It just kind of played hand in hand with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then worked with
2: Kazal and a bunch of brands to kind well, of that's like. That's what I was going to ask is do you have, like, once you got to the level where you were dictating the prices, where yeah. you had an established, let's call it clientele, yeah. um, were you able to get like personal relationships oh, yeah, with for these sure. brands? For sure. Is that something that, that you wanted yeah. initially? Is that
0: well, well, I think that's something that we touched on earlier that we both learned a lot from that echo business model, yeah. which is really Some being in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> really being in the trenches and uh being able to connect with artists. And that's what I think was a strength of Corey's that he was able to develop right.
2: personal I relationships. Rick Ross back in the day, like uh, yeah. they were so, talking 10 years know, ago at yeah, least. But now, Ross, right?
0: you
1: know, Ross was a great one. Ross. Came out with a cover um, on XXL, wearing a so pair of glasses. wearing your glasses. Yeah. And it was actually a glass that I had sold to someone and it got sold to him. And I didn't know Ross, and there was an email to send beats. And I was like, I was sitting at Claremont. I I remember to a T, I was sitting in Claremont eating lunch, and I bought this book because someone brought it to me that he was wearing the glasses on the cover. And there was an email to send the beats. And I was like, you know what? Why not? I was like, let's try this out. So I wrote him an email. And to this day, I have the email. And the tagline was, um, how can you be a boss if you're getting fucked on your glasses?
3: (laughs) And I was like,
1: piss him off a little bit. And I was like, yo. I was like, Mm -hmm. like, if you really want, if you really want the plug, get at me. Right. In not even 15 minutes, I got a call from Poochie, who was managing him at the time, and Spiff. And they're like, yo, hold for Ross. And Ross was like, like he's like what's up i was like i was like i don't know man what's up dude i'm like how can you fucking how can you be the glasses dude If you get, you don't even have the plug like that
3: mm-hmm.
1: he's like who are you i explained that he's like cool let's go miami tomorrow so I'm, I'm like all right well now my money definitely gotta be where my mouth is mm-hmm. and then that was it so i was out to miami and then once you get with- on
2: that plane you know it could be game changer
1: yeah so, you know, and I worked with Ross for many years right? Um, and still do, and he's still a, a good friend. Um, he's taken a more elevated business position versus being just, a, you know, an, a musician, which is kind of interesting because some of the industries that we work in kind of dabble together. there's so many businesses. It's crazy. Yeah, he does. And he's- He's wing
0: shop and the, the hair supplies Yeah, pushing. So it. the hair he's thing- smart cool. yeah, He's smart because everybody fizzles when it comes to being the new hottest thing in exactly. music. Exactly.
1: And he doesn't, you know, he makes his residuals or whatever off- meek
2: and you know yeah, whenever wale right. puts out something and, great. which is great i saw something recently um yeah. i was watching a baby and juvenile music video that came yeah. out probably in the last couple of weeks i sent it to a buddy That's of mine right. i'm like it's good to know that this kind of music still exists and he screenshotted your face in like a gold statue in the middle of the music video it's like juvenile baby it's a song that came out maybe two three weeks ago and it's like a white pillar of me in it and like your vintage frame you know that like that that statue right. look yeah. And I'm like, yeah, there's fucking Corey.
1: It. Yeah, my shit. You know my what I'm shit's talking everywhere. About? I haven't no, I haven't seen the video. Okay, yet. it's
2: like maybe 2-3 weeks old and like someone pointed out to me. I was sharing the music. And you're, you're I even, you know, I don't
1: even watch music videos and shit anymore <laughs> even though like I, I, I might be in them or selling glasses or whatever. You I You don't even like, know this one fair enough. I'm I'm you know, I'm so focused on what I what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do. You know, so this glasses business exploded with a lot of hard work, a lot of travel. But again, you have same obstacles. The obstacles are what happens if the
0: stock runs out? That was my next question. Yeah, you. so
1: we stock 1.2 million units, oh. which, yep. in all fairness, if we sell them all, there's no need to
2: replenish. And, and how we, many locations right now?
1: So, um, well, I'll get to that in a sec because okay. it's like a bit different. Um, So that was one of the things. The other thing was what happens when you see something in a music video and let's like, or a People magazine or on a Kardashian or whatever the fuck it might be. So how do you know that they're from me? You know that I'm the purveyor of these things and most probably they're from me, but how do you coin it? Mm -hmm. So did a little bit of research and realized that there was a specialty way to do lenses, which were kind of just for film. And Mm -hmm. I figured like, why not make it easier for the clientele to wear glasses and actually have pictures taken? of them in a Smart. social media age, Smart. right? let yeah, of course. Let's, let's have the glasses reflect the light so that people don't see their eyes. Let's make it easy for them to see at night and during the day so, you know, hopefully they won't lose the glasses, but hopefully they right. will. Um, and let's kind of change the base curves around. So I developed this technique to do my glasses, which was more towards movies, music videos, shit like that. And we developed this thing called a multi-flash, where it, it's like 13 colors in one. And it's it's like this very backwards way of doing lenses, which now has become not common, but heavily copied. Um, not copied to the way where it's exactly what we do, but people are like kind of catching on. As they're catching on, we're already out of that color and we're onto something new. So now we were taking these glasses and putting our own lenses in them. Mm. And so that way it was actually that as soon as you would, See them move, you would know that hundred percent they were ours. So that helped it. And then that. Exploded. And what's
0: that technique called? What kind of uh, lenses? So that?
1: it's a multi-flash, and we use different base curves for it, cool. um, or like we put on flash golds, and we just do these really interesting colorations, which come from a point that's like, or come from a perspective that's not an optical
2: perspective. Yeah. So I don't know, like. And these lenses, when you're putting them on thousand-dollar like frames, yeah. is that depreciated anyway? Like, no. is that like a signed baseball card where yeah, like not it at goes all. down? No. No, yeah, at all, because glasses—it's
1: about were the meant. frame. Yeah, and they not were about meant the
2: lens. It's, it's lens never in. about the lens, though. Like, no. like yeah, the I mean, original lens is like, like I'm thinking of I like mean, a Rolex. Like you touch it, now it's like it's not a yeah, Rolex. Yeah, but I mean, anymore, maybe, you know? it not optical, the maybe it was optical, maybe it was
0: this. It was gonna have to be changed anyway. Yeah, because okay. so
1: they were never really like glasses. Really come with dummy lenses, and now they come with like better lenses in them. And but the the point of it is to personalize it because you're right. putting it on your eyes, right? So let's say the stock lens in it is like a jet black. I can't see with a jet black lens. So it's, it's really great to have the fucking lens, but I can't They're see balls, you, you know? Yeah.
0: So I'm not going to wear it. Plus, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're doing gradients and different stuff that you, that you were always doing, yeah. it makes it a little less awkward to wear it in the club, That's, makes it easier yeah, to wear that it That was night. a whole other thing. It's more of a 24-7 exactly. functional. So
1: I don't wear dark glasses. It's just not, it just hurts my eyes, you know? Um, we don't really sell dark glasses. We, I mean, we do if you want them, but we try to steer away. Look at that, wine. I love that. Siam. <laughs> um, Diet so it's, soda.
0: It's an, free in, incredible,
1: you know, and, and I'm drinking this. I'm probably going to have to piss nine times between <laughs> this. Old, and it It's like the old man show. <laughs> right. um, so anyways, Sometimes we, I feel like that. It's okay. We developed these lens, and that was cool, skyrocketed the business into a different place. But then we have, you know, we have to look at the, well, actually, my accountant arrogantly said to me, he's like, um, you know, do you want to have a business that pays for your lifestyle, or do you want to have a business? And, you know, and that's also the same thing, asking someone, do you want to be rich or do you want to be wealthy? You know, and so where, I mean, you, even though you live in a different part of it or come from a different part because you're from West Island, we're from Cote St. Luke. And in Cote St. Luke, where we grew up, most most of the people are successors of their parents' companies as they are in Dollard. And I didn't get that one. You, I never got blessed no, with that one. But. Um, I, the three of us. Neither didn't did I. <laughs> yeah, we all come from that probably closet. wouldn't be
0: sitting on this couch
3: if I did. <laughs> but that's
1: but that's the reality. And so, to me, these kids are just moronic, you know. So in in, it, there there becomes a whole kilter when you have kids. If you want to go that way, you want to have kids that you're in. At least in my mind, that can make the choices that they want to, and not have to make harsh choices like we did at points um to be able well, to you get made that jump you made yes, that yes i definitely did yeah no but question very about few it. people
2: get to make that jump yeah. that like that class and i have and i'm not sure for that
1: i'm not trying to preach it or anything no, that's there's nothing good, that's wrong a, with it but you know if someone would have offered me the platform to do what i wanted to do um but still do it on my own i think it would have been a lot less of a rocky ride on the way up um which is so which is which same. is fine
0: I might not the have same had the same. grind. I mean, but I don't true. think it had had you done it a different way, it wouldn't have been possible for you to reach any sort of tangible thing because it would have always been steered in a more traditional uh, way of I approaching it.
1: I don't know. I don't know that it would have been because you know my parents are pretty liberal, right? I don't know that it would have been traditional so much as I would have a little bit more comfort right. in doing what I wanted to security. do. Security. Yeah. yeah. So, well, maybe. it's not even. It's not even the security. It's at least it's at least knowing that like there could be a meal tomorrow. Yeah. There you know it I, I lived on my own when I was 16, 15 and a half, whatever it was. I was the first yep. to have an apartment like that In was road, insane. Yeah, and if first I didn't smoke the hash joint.
3: Yeah,
0: and if I didn't have money to eat, I wasn't eating. There wasn't, you know. And I feel like that actually takes me to a great point that you know This business, whether it's music, fashion, entertainment, influencer, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. So people are always left asking, you know, the question of, you know, how did this take shape? And I think a lot of people don't realize something that I definitely uh, do give you credit for is that I watched you um, you know, find your niche. That, yeah, it, you can, that, it come that, from nothing. That glasses were not your first attempt. No. It was the t-shirts, then the sneakers, then the vintage eyewear, then yeah. curating, yeah. then selling, yeah. then social media, so that's, then that's big, takes
2: yeah. us to your current business model. Plus, that's a big yeah. misconception is that people think that you jump into it and like you're successful. So right? my question is yeah. this,
0: how long did it take you as yeah. a young uh, entrepreneur to get from basically just Starting a, a basic T-shirt line with T-shirts and hats to, to 20, where you're
1: 20 at, twenty years, now. like a go. real, like a real twenty years.
0: And how many times did you uh, fail by business standards because oh, it was all learn- until oh, you oh, finally oh, you hard, right? of them. found that niche? It for depends yourself.
1: because for me it wasn't seen as a failure. It was just you know I, it was a limited investment being lost. Sure, sure. It I, was more like let's let's try it. Yeah. A little bit until we, you know, find where the niche. Well, shows. you
0: learned also oh, yeah. what this what doesn't work for you along the way. It set up quickly. It set you up. It set you up. <laughs> right. set you yeah. up. But yeah. that is that is a misconception in music. You know, your favorite sure. artist is is the biggest new artist ten years later. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He has his year, and then like you it know, gr- girls and old people know him. But we've been okay. knowing the guy twelve years. You know Corey, what yeah. I'm saying?
2: And Did um, you have a moment where you knew, like. I'm here, like we made it. Actually, let me
0: refine that question if you don't mind. Sure, sure, sure. What was a uh, game-changing moment? What was a defining moment where it changed? Where you felt like, okay, this is becoming profitable. I'm, 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 I'm on the path to. Even before my moment,
2: sure. um, I'm good with that one.
0: I mean
1: profitable.
2: Like I would say Who was it? Was it Ross? Was I remember it? seeing Ross no. and being like, oh shit, like they're buddies. Like that's a big deal. Yeah,
1: no Ross. you know, Ross is a good friend of mine. So Ross Ross brought me to Puff. So Puff and Ross had a little thing going on in like this Bugatti boys and then I remember that's
0: around the time we did the keep a gully video. Yes. 2010.
1: Yeah, so they had this thing and when I used to go to Miami, because I would go there to dig I would stay and you stay there
0: with me. I would stay at the Howard Johnson. <laughs> yeah, we right? stay. Yo, tell them about yeah. Bless and Corey yeah, digging would, through have, dirty warehouses in Ayaleah yeah. and then sleeping with the stock, the yeah, dusty the stock from the eighties in the room piled yeah, up to the ceiling. Sure. And That's so, real so life. that
1: that was that was like real shit. And we used to stay life. at um we used to stay at uh the Howard Johnson. Yeah. And then so the way that the whole this whole thing goes is Ross brings me out to Miami to his house and I'm staying at his house and then he's like, We gotta go. We gotta go see Puff. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, okay, great. Like, this is incredible. You know, how could you get better? And I'm I'm alone, you know, every and it's a very different world, you know? So I go with Ross and this whole thing, and and there's a picture of it actually on my Facebook where so he brings me to Puff, Puffs in this like red shirt. I already know Puff through Cassie because Cassie is a good friend of mine and she started dating him. So she was dating Ryan Leslie, who was one of my like first biggest Early. clients. I remember yeah. that
0: tie-in. And, and
1: um, so Cass and Puff and whatever, but Cass was not there. And,
2: so you're not going to like even mention the tie-in unless you have to, right? No. like That's only and like and dire need. No, thing no, 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 no.
1: I'm like so now we go to maybe he F- won't
0: even like that
2: you know yeah, exactly. so, yeah so we
1: go to F- yeah and I don't know yeah, I'm, you don't I'm know. a fuck I'm right. alone you know and we um, so we go to Fountain Blue which I'd never been to and I'd never really been to even like a nicer hotel and we go in there and I've done business with him before but through Laderrick Derek his stylist or Puff or whatever and he is on one and he and it's like all these people in these p- pools have you ever been to Fountain Blue and he's trying on a pair of Porsche, and he's like kind of going off on me. And he's like, you know, what is anyone gonna do if I take this pair of glasses? And da da, da, da? and like going off of this tyrannical raid. I am. I have no clue what to do. And, and <laughs> right, Ross is like at looking like, at me like, like Ross is like like Why well, are you gonna respond? And he's making a mockery of me. I have the rest of MMG that's there. So he's egging,
0: he's, he's he's egging, egging puff yeah, on.
1: No, Ross isn't. Ross is like waiting to see what I'm gonna say. Puff is just want. Puff just wants to, you know, Puff's be being puff. an asshole. Whatever. He just yeah. wants to be puff. He's not an asshole, but he. So some days he go. He goes on to like, you know, stuff that's. Uh, he, he goes. He's on whatever, his daddy shit. Whatever his lit. mood was. Like yeah. he's a very, very nice guy, and he was just. Caught him there was a bunch day. of people. He wasn't even catching him. Maybe he didn't he's like your face. He's just in the middle, knows? middle of a fucking thing. And what, you know, what would someone do if I wanted to take these glass? I was like, yeah, I'll take the glass you know he's like see i could take the glass i was like yeah i have your black card on file so you could take it all right w- what do i give a shit and then like a ross billion looked, billion and we- he looked and everyone looked and i'm like oh my god i'm like i'm fucking dead <laughs> you know i'm like i'm dead this is fucked up i can't believe we i said might that have to a you know, i'm not know. even stoned and i'm fucking talking to this guy and he's like and he starts laughing everyone started laughing i'm like Phew. he took the glass just for the record he, did. he took them I- for free he took the glass I don't truthfully know if I ever build it. Okay. I definitely build it later in life, but
0: <laughs> yeah, you got him. You got him on we, the flip. We, yeah, on but, that day maybe. Popping. But that.
1: But so that was an interesting thing. The other thing, I think the time when I knew that I made it was, or and I and I don't and I don't say made it because I think that I've actually no, you made still got shit to do here. A lot, but right. like where I had a sustainable I said entity the defining yeah. moment
2: where it was like, oh shit, like yeah, it was yeah. a, like real a, for yeah, you a real business. Yeah, a real business.
1: So before that, we we had a another facet of vintage frames. So I went, I always wanted a chain. I never had jewelry. The only one I knew actually who had jewelry that was from Montreal was this class. guy. This guy. <laughs> and I always wanted to have jewelry and four finger rings was like my shit. And so. Yeah, we were very into that yeah, kind of shit. Very. <laughs> but it was all, but you know, it was more coming from you at that point because that was more your milieu than mine. And so I, my mother was like, we were on Green Avenue. I don't remember what I was doing. I was meeting her and she's like, hey, there's this, um, there's these people that sell vintage stuff. Maybe you should go meet them. And okay. they brought me to these to this um, girl, Cheryl Black, and I forget whatever her name is, this other chick. And they had a vintage jewelry archive. Oh, and it shit. looked like rich women who just needed a way to write off this jewelry or like get away from their husbands or whatever, <laughs> you know? Knows, right? And so there was this Chanel pendant. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, that looks dope how much was it i think it was like 800 bucks or whatever and even at that time like 800 bucks i was like oh am i really going to do this like bro so like cuz that chain. was a lot of money for yeah, us it was, a was it a chain pendant no it was it was a it was a vintage chanel chain from 86 and um, it was gold dipped and so I got this Does thing. Does Pharrell have anything to do with this story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, just, so, I heard
2: this one from a friend.
1: Yeah, so I got this <laughs> like, thing. Amazing. I'm very happy with and, this. Sorry. Um, Sorry to do that. <laughs> my So my buddy, Phil
2: Leeds, You're hear a great story. ran
1: BBC and is still a very good friend of mine. Um, we're working on a Run DMC project now together. A so, Run DMC project? Yeah, the 35th anniversary. The so Phil, they had this, this um, group called Chester French, which was D.A. Wallach and another guy. And D.A. is like... Still a friend of mine and very brilliant, so he sent me to see them, and then all of a sudden, the um, Pharrell and Jay Z and everything tour and all that shit was coming. Right, out. right. So Pharrell and I um, started to work together because I went to this concert and it was it was Pharrell, Jay, and Rihanna. I forgot what the tour was called. Mm. It was a pretty big
2: team. It was a big. It was a
1: big fucking team. So and I went back. He set me up to go backstage to sell to Pharrell and I sold to Pharrell and much more
2: comfortable than a wrestling uh, much more comfortable than fucking wrestling
1: and but still i'm there with like all this merchandise and i'm still like trying to feel this whole thing out and that's like that's like different than being with the caliber of artists that i was with at the time and um so sold a bunch of shit to pharrell and he was like super super supportive and then pharrell turned to me and he's like he's like have you ever met jay and I'm like, no, I've never mind. He's like, perfect. He's like, come, on, I'm about to put you on. And he walked me to, he walked me backstage. Well, we were backstage. We walked me to Jay's room, to Carlos. Let's call it a quick timeout. Yeah.
2: Pharrell's walking you to go meet Hova. Yeah. Like this is, this yes. is and, and like, I mean,
1: at the show, they're there. At the they're, show, they're there, but it's different dressing rooms. And like, even though Pharrell's a big deal, when you're at the Bell Center specifically, you have like, you were the regular backstage.
2: There's three or four ones. middle ones, and then there's the and big ones. And then one. there's like, the then main you have a, a main right. closer one, to right? the stage you get.
1: So yeah. he goes and gets his assistant at the time with this girl, Carlene, and it's like, yo, Jane needs to meet him. He absolutely needs to meet him. This is like going to change his life.
0: And hey, coming from Pharrell, yeah. it's all good, but yeah, Jay- I'm sure Corey wouldn't want to impose. He's already no. happy meeting Pharrell. Yeah. Right. He's gonna be like, hey, and can I'm you like, walk me over I'm to like, Jay-Z's cool, you know? fucking dressing room and bother him? Yeah, you know, so I didn't even. This was totally on him.
1: Right. And he's like, "Ah, cool. Carlene will take care of you. And I was like, great sure. i don't know where the fuck i am you know this is amazing so i go and i meet i go into this room to meet jay and jay's there with steve stout um and so steve jay and like a, a couple of other people and jay has this like super overpowering like presence to him like a, an incredibly nice guy but very overpowering
2: you don't want to look too long because no like,
1: so something might happen yeah yeah so we, we were doing the appointment And I like At the time Like tried to film As much as I could And yeah, went to I try to know. film it And I t- Take out my camera I'm like yo Can I take a picture And Jay looks at Carlene And she like screams No And I'm like oh my god I fucking
2: blew this Yeah he fucked
0: up
1: mm. I didn't fuck up But, oh, okay. but
2: you know it but this was this like is
0: pre-Instagram mm. Oh yeah this So is, like it's pre- not socially It's weird It's, yeah, like, it's very, like Me and him Might take a picture yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, explain yeah. you something Like me and Corey We would take a picture together Because but we know each other But it's not so We would look we would feel awkward to ask an artist another, to take a picture with us. Yeah. You know
1: what I'm saying? So so that was that. So Pharrell was kind of secured and then, so I went to Miami um, cause, and that's where Pharrell lives and Pharrell invited me to a studio. I don't remember who he was He was with and we go into this studio and I have this Chanel chain with me and I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like, I don't want to be this guy that walks in with a fake chain. Mm-hmm. So I, I tuck the chain in and I do the appointment with him and everything's good and as I'm walking out he like literally reaches his hand and like grabs the chain and i'm like oh my god i'm like i'm like this he is what he was gonna on like, you i'm like this is my worst nightmare and so he takes the chain and he goes holy fuck he goes that's the craziest chain i've ever seen i was like oh
0: it was like great, you know? And, and, like, and let's give some context. At the time, Pharrell in the jewelry game, he was like the, the first one with a million dollar chain. Yeah. When he did that big uh, with Nico. Gucci link with the multicolored diamonds, he yeah. had like a million dollar chain. So, so he, was yeah, really, he was the guy, yeah. you know?
1: So, and at the time, Jacob hadn't gone to jail and everyone was using Jacob. Yeah. So he's like, can I borrow the chain? i'd like to send he's a big chanel yeah. fan, well as we no out he, well later. yeah to, and i actually was just shopping his collection yeah. in new york today but he um he's like can i send the link the chain to jacob to copy because i'm do doing it. this murakami chain and i would love to use this as the, as the chain so as i'm like sample yes yeah, so i'm like great it. so i give it to pharrell and now i don't have a chain and it's whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter because fucking pharrell has it <laughs> <laughs> gives <laughs> a chain. Shit. you're good you know so yeah. About a month goes by and they hit me and they're like, hey, have you ever, did you get your chain back? And I'm like, no, I didn't. So they call the guys at Jacob. I call the guys at Jacob and they don't have the chain. Fuck. They're They're like, they're like, yo, we don't know where it is. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know where it is? And it comes back with a couple of links missing. No, no, (laughs) listen. So they're like, well, we don't know where it is. I'm like, whoa, fuck. That's crazy. Like, what do you mean you don't know where it is? And it's a vintage. It's not something you a just buy. They're like, look, whatever it costs, we'll give you the credit at the store." But and that's at, an inflated and, ass yeah, price. And at the time I'm like I'm like, uh, like what am I gonna buy at, at Jacob? And I'm like, no, you know what? It's a very rare chain. It's worth its money in um it's worth its money in like its design like accolades and whatever. Like, how much was the chain? And I'm like, I think I said it was seventy five hundred US. They're like, That's insane. I'd rather just make you a chain for seventy five hundred bucks. Like, no man, it's sentimental. I can't buy the whatever.
3: <laughs> so they send
1: me a chain for 7,500 bucks. What yep. was it? They sent me, a, uh, not a chain, they sent me a check for 7,500 bucks Oh, because they, they lost Pharrell's fucking the chain. chain. Yeah. So they don't want to lose fucking, Pharrell. You're not losing Pharrell. Of thousands. And I'm like, holy shit. Pharrell likes this chain. This is that. Cool. I'm like, let's research this. So nobody was wearing any costume jewelry. I bought it fucking all up. I bought that. I bought the be- the belts turned into chains and then helped create two chains. And there's a video on the internet where Chains and I are meeting each other, and like, literally, he's transforming from his titty boy, you know, personality two to chains. two chains. And so now I have all these rappers wearing costume jewelry, like my. And when man he says is
0: costume fra- jewelry, just to explain to those who might not understand, yeah. this is jewelry that's made by either Carti, uh, not Carti, actually, no, culture, but Versace or yeah, Chanel or whatever. Or but whatever it's hollow, right? No, it's not hollow. It's it's, it's gold dipped. It's so plated. It's, yeah. It's gold plated, so it's not real, it's it's valuable for the design, but not, but not for, the, for, its commodity. for the metal. Exactly. It's metal. Yep.
1: And this thing fucking goes crazy, crazy. And now it's not about how many chains...
0: I can get it. It's like people are buying fucking five, ten. We have people coming from everywhere. <laughs> and he was making things. like Versace belts from the early nineties into chains. Yeah. That were like right. women's. Yeah. Cause I would go and, and buy chains to whatever take you the want, fucking right? pendants.
1: Yeah. And, and we would just sell them as the pendants. Like there's a vintage stamped Versace. Was pendant. there a
0: point where two chains remade some of those Chanel chains, like actually no. in gold? Or he was just no, no, straight no, up he wearing was, the old. He
1: was straight up wearing shirt. them all because his whole thing relied on him wearing those, those things. So now, you know, now we had that as a second stream of income for this company. And it was financed by this Jacob shit, you know? So I'm like, holy shit. So you
0: were able with that 7,500 to buy a fuckload of costume old and And like
1: really bang it out. Then we decided to make a website because I wanted to stay anonymous. So now we had this office on Westminster where mm-hmm, my buddy Adam worked
0: with me on and, top of a dentist office yeah. in an old building
1: yeah and then and so and we were so like I, that was around the time that I quit smoking weed so you don't we, smoke anymore no not really like i it'd been 15 years and then sometimes i use the pens every once in a while but that's like it's not like what you know me as smoking right and uh, so we had this office and we were so fucked up we the company was the company formally uh formally known formerly as. known as and we put it as the company formally known as so we spelt it wrong we spelt our own company wrong on the door and it wasn't till someone like came by and they're like uh you're
2: missing an <laughs> they're an like E-R. what
1: the fuck is this <laughs> and i'm like well what do you mean it says formally and they're like no it says formally i'm like yeah formally it was like an abbott and Costello routine <laughs> you're actually so missing I was like, an er at the end yeah was i was dangerous. like this is a fucking weird thing we gotta go you know, so I was driving, <laughs> I went, I was driving to my dad's house and we found this place um, at the time, which was the Elpro building on um, De DeCourcel. And it was as St. Henry hadn't been developed yet. And um, there was only one restaurant there, which was Max and his brother, the Mariani's that had this like restaurant in this micro neighborhood. So we went to this thing, I rented the space and the guy told me, this guy, Jeff, who owned the building, i was like this space is way too big for me and i think that he wanted us in the space because he had like a secret apartment there and he kind of wanted us what's up didn't your dad
2: have a secret apartment back in the day no
1: my dad has that, lived on top of his business which may as well amazing been i remember it was the first time yeah, i was ever in like a loft
2: open loft yeah, in he still an industrial there. building i was like a fucking maniac yeah okay <laughs> I, that's what yeah. I pictured. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, it was well, it's like that type of thing, except he owned the building, this guy, Jeff. So mm-hmm. he put us onto the thing. And as he was giving us the keys to this, he was like, he's like, you're going to outgrow this office. He's like, any office, it's a big office. You're going to see, you're going to come into it. You're going to outgrow it. I'm thinking like, I'm going from a, like a bullshit rent to a real rent. I'm very uncomfortable with mm-hmm. this whole notion. And okay. so we do it and it becomes like a fun factory, but for fat kids. It's like Deer Decks, but it's. But candy and chocolate. But there's. Yeah, and video games and, and like anything. And whatever. Yeah, like everything that is non athletic, you know? And we did a shoot there once back in the day. A lot of them do. Yeah. It was, it was, and it was, it was crazy. And then, um, so it was this like very, it was this very organic thing that went there. And so we did this office and then, um, Chris Boykin big came, you know, who's, he passed away and he came and I'm like, now big's here. And now it's really the fucking fantasy factory. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is fucking great. And, um, our next struggle really was, what do you do when people feel uncomfortable with having a private appointment? Because the whole thing was so exclusive even though you could have called me or contacted me, and I would have gladly, you know, given you a phone. It was, it was intimidating. It was, it was intimidating to to some people.
2: For for like the average person, for to come and have the average walk walking yeah. off the
0: street, you don't like they don't talk the industry talk that yeah, we talk. Yeah, yeah, so they're like, yeah. "Fuck, I don't know." Like, and it was a big. I just place want to buy and, a pair of glasses. Yeah, it was like. super
1: super overwhelming, and right. so I was like, "Let's let's you know, cater to the, the let's individual, move to a store, retail. you know, and do this retail front, and and at the same time." I started to buy up all these buildings in St. Henry because I could. And like my dad, Good answer. my dad, well, pretty it's much like that I was could. the real. Well, I think
0: he no, saw the neighborhood yeah, was starting to be on the was, come up. But it wasn't yet.
1: It was Slowly. It was just starting. You were early. And, oh yeah. And, and part of it, like um, for sure. And so my dad was always like telling me, yo, never live for your car and never live for your rent. So I'm Small. always still to this day, I'm like mad nervous to get involved in rents, even though I own the buildings and shit, just cause I have this like weird, like phobia, about rents. phobia
0: from my dad, you know?
1: But if you Which are is, living for
0: the rent and you own, at least it's at some point going back into your pocket. Yes. In the long but
1: point. again, I have like my father, even though he has nothing to do with
2: the businesses, just like kind of chirping in my ear. Like yeah. I was always like, told uh, one week out of four is what your rent is. It's well, like I mean, out of the four weeks out of the month, let's call it quote unquote, yeah. it's supposed to be one of those weeks is supposed to pay for it. Well, let me
0: ask you because yeah. I remember That's what I was uh, one of the last times we bumped into each other, we were backstage at a weekend concert. Yeah. And we had a great conversation. I hadn't seen him in maybe like two, three years. Yeah. Um, and I was so happy that I saw him transitioning from, you know, being a, a, an archive guy, from being a collector, and then, you know, a dealer of right. these rare v- vintage high priced frames cartier kazal etc yeah. to going into Production. branding vintage frames as your own yeah. glasses and i thought that was the smartest and i think yeah, i remember so telling we, I was really happy for you because my concern for you was, was always like what happens if the stock right. runs out or it becomes unaffordable because exactly. people want to gank because they know what you're getting big money
1: so so that was so that was one of the problems right so at that time um Funny enough, where the Echo thing comes into play is, you know, clothing brands typically aren't actually owned in Canada by the real mother companies. There's licensees or licensors or whatever, right. you know. Right, like deal sales with, uh, agents. They have distribution yeah. rights
0: yeah. for the territory. So here,
1: you know, they had so Echo had had a crazy business here. Mm-hmm. It was these Jewish guys, Butch, right? Halleckman, yeah. The Hallickman. And then, you know, one of them anyways. The Halleckmans. Let's just say. And um, John J. Um, you had AJ, the you had John. John, yeah, and you, you had, had Brian. Raj, like yeah. all these people who, who branched off. But the real guy behind Echo is a guy named Seth Gersberg. So if you read Mark's book or any of it, Mark was just like an artist. Seth was this hustling religious Jewish guy from New York. And who he, knew
0: the back end of the business, who, the schmuck. Or had
1: the, he didn't know it, but he was just, he's just a very successful, um, or at the time successful, like a f- real fucking bulldog of a guy. Mm. So at the time that I saw you, this guy, Seth, his idea was when he realized that streetwear had a culture to it, he was going to buy up all the brands mm. and he was going to put all the brands into one JV, a joint venture. And we were going to all, become like this superhero team. So he bought Vintage Frames, or he bought a, we created a joint venture, which was a sub joint venture of Vintage Frames and what was it called the whole it was called bike. um it was called vf by Corey shapiro okay so i let him buy that name You're and i figured i could pie. skate no from it way. yeah no I, I it wasn't even the same so you it figured he would p-
0: pump out the, the cheaper yeah. frames and brands.
1: well it wasn't cheaper it was like a three to four hundred dollar price point okay but let's learn the model on someone else's dollar so they mm-hmm. bought me one of my best friends 40 ounce van who was had a very hot yeah, I remember th- him. you know. Mm-hmm. So Van, I know that name. Why do I? How do I know that? He name? did he had a really popular yeah, hats, and he's like, has the forty ounce bounce, and he's he's involved he's in the West Coast the cat, words. though, right? No, he's from New York. He's New very, York? Much New very involved in culture. Very culturally like I important and relevant, um, and so there's him. They bought a life. Um, they had they bought Slowbucks and like a oh, whole yeah, bunch of other brands. Slow yeah. So and the idea was if Slobuck's needs to do glasses, well, they have Corey, Mm -hmm. you know, and vice versa and Mm -hmm. whatever. So he was this like very aggressive businessman with this very aggressive way of doing things. And the interesting thing was that all of us had kind of these superpowers, but most of them were design and all this type of stuff. But mine was business and his was business. Mm. So I was always like, like, trying to learn from him and i would get him kind of riled up because mm-hmm. i wanted to hear what he said yeah because you would always you know as soon as someone went off on these tangents and was like kind of tyrannical it's like cool i don't really care my outcome is i'm i'm taking notes you can feel whatever you want in the conversation mm-hmm. fucking great yeah you're you getting know? major gems yeah, here. perfect but i'm marking it down so this company as it turns out like, they bought also this thing called X Hype, Greg Weinstein, the Fat Jew. Like, we were all working together in this crazy fucking office in New York. And all of a sudden, sl- the guy's, uh, s- Slowbox goes to Summer Jam, gets chain robbed from 50. Actually, my boy right?
0: did that chain that so, he got taken. From
1: so like,
2: I remember that. that was a big deal. He did that
1: chain. Rob's this thing. And then all of a sudden, he goes to a, goes on some fucking conference where he's in a room with a lawyer and he's in a room with a lawyer. That's going to sue 50 or some <laughs> fucking cockamamie story. And I'm sitting there in the office, literally as this is happening across from Seth. And I'm
0: like, Holy shit. He Just decimated. His I head am
1: head. like, Holy shit, dude. What the fuck is that? And Seth's like, I don't know. I'm like, dude, this isn't your marketing plan. Is it? Right. He's right. Like, it's like, absolutely not the whole fucking thing. The next day, every, the brand went from like multi millions and seemed to have been, when you looked into it what it. was what was financing this whole joint venture and then this whole thing imploded in a day it went from like Shit. millions to zero wow. and then and, and you know both of those guys are like are dope dudes not Seth but you know and they just made a mistake in their approach to it and it was whatever definitely a learning experience for everyone but then Seth went into this tyrannical mode where he is going to take because the Bucks truck is really his you're going to drive the truck through 50's New Jersey home, oh, and me. you're going to fucking do... And oh, I'm nice. like, dude, you're setting people up to get killed. This is not funny. And it's premeditated. 50's going to kill you. Like, <laughs> this, is, this isn't this is like, ha-ha, joking around on the internet. You're now home invasion. They're yeah. going to kill you. And they have armed security. Yeah, obviously. just the whole thing's insane. And no, now 50's going to have a concert at BB King's or whatever. Mm. We're going to buy out all the tickets... And instead, we're going to shovel shit and take bills and cut them in half. And I'm like, yo, this ship? Cool. I'm like, it ain't really that serious for and me. And you're thinking...
0: I'm out. You're thinking <laughs> you know? the relationships you've been able to yeah, build like, independently are going to become this. completely poisoned if you go along Forget with about this that. wild ride. We used to tour with the unit. Yeah, of course. And I used to
1: be doing the merch... And the merch guys Whoa. were really serious.
0: I, I was the like, special guest on the Lloyd Banks tour. Bro, they were really serious. Like I was the special yeah. guest on the Lloyd Banks tour for like 14 cities. Corey came yeah, along I came. to help out, and he was you know trying to push our merch. And their merch guy Bro, was really more aggressive. Was really and really Corey was serious, gooned out of the merch booth, and I'm like, yo, let my guy sell my shit. when I perform, it was very
1: <laughs> serious. And this was just like some little homie, and I'm like, <laughs> now you guys want to start a homies. gang war with Fifth? <laughs> I'm cool bro Yeah, and, and the guys from Slowbox they're like nah we're just gonna settle this like real thing it's easy but this little fucking man this Seth guy is slamming on fucking desk he wants to he start might not have a realized fucking the world is going. but he should have because at the end of the day he owned Echo so he owned G-Unit he made Complex Yeah, and I'm like you're fucking nuts bro I'm not doing this with you and yeah you should go and you're gonna film it me I'm gonna go and film it Fuck you, bro. This all sounds insane. I am this is <laughs> insane. So this whole company implodes, and um anyway, so that part of it goes down. So I get very discouraged about the fact of production because unfortunately
0: That was gonna be your like record deal. Well that, that was gonna be to, your debut for that to me. Business yeah,
1: model, and bro. it and it sold very well, but the problem was that I had no control of the finances from it because that was not my part of the deal. Right. Of and he burned some of the major production houses. Mm. So even though I explained to them and had like documents and showed them like, You're I'm a associated. separate entity.
0: You had a little X on your name when you were them for
1: production. 100%. So there was one guy that it, so that, I mean, I don't remember how many years ago that was, but there was one guy that only came around now mm. when I saw him in Milan to like get over that whole thing. It's got right at least off. like
0: seven years ago. Yeah, it yeah. Was,
1: and, but it was, it was like a major thing. So the whole... Thing going back to the kids and to this company is, what what do you leave to the kids, right? So, for me, be, again because of where we all live in different cities, yours twenty minute further than where we're from, <laughs> um was I didn't want to have I didn't want to have a stupid rich kid. Like I just didn't want that. They're the worst. The worst, the right? Worst. Like we used to laugh about that. Yeah, for the fucking worst. Years. Like what? Asshole. so yeah. i didn't want to bring a kid that was up that was brought up like that, that was part of your motivation as a kid though. Was, was the motivation i know yeah, i remember this literally for
0: me, <laughs> for me my motivation was because literally we were one of the only families in this area that didn't have yeah. money that i always wanted to you know show that i would be very successful right. in spite of that yeah you know and that i didn't need Money or to come from money, right? We all need money, but to To, come from money to be able to to, do to be successful, yeah. So I was
1: like, "Yo, let's Robin Hood this shit," you know. And so as I, you know, I had my first kid, Cash, and he's just turned eight, and then my daughter's three, turning four, and so it it became a whole life, you know, turning thing. Like what what is the way that you do this you know do you want your kids to not have stuff no do you want them to grow up thinking that they have stuff no but at the end of the day if something happens to me or something happens you want to them your family to be you want them to be taken numbers. care of but in a way where it's not like these kids that i revolted against my whole life who i think are like the dumbest fucks in the world and still are you the know silver you know?
2: spooners oh my god silver bro.
0: spooners and we're just uh felt entitled, took everything totally. for like, granted. Just, well, just shitty just human beings. Just the being worst shit. fucking
1: humans, you know, and now, you know, e- you know everyone Everyone knew what their parents did. Everyone, I didn't know shit. I didn't know shit. I, I didn't give a shit what my parents knew. My parents were like, yo, we don't really know shit and you gotta do this one on your own. You wanna do it? Cool. You need a little bit of help on the way. If we can, we will, but we really can't and we're not going to, so fuck you. You know, do your own thing. Figure it out. And, you know, my dad's like, my dad would always tell me, other than making me feel weird about the rent shit, he's like, I don't give a shit what you do with your life. He's like, if you you know, flip burgers and that's how you wanna get down, cool. He's like, just make sure that you're the best at flipping burgers and that you're happy doing it. Makes you sense. know, he's like, that's what it is. I don't care if you clean toilets, just be the best with it. <clears throat> so the whole thing was, and it's, it's interesting because I say to my son all the time, um, you 100 percent will not take over vintage frames. There's no question. Do not even think that you are. You can this take some person. of the
2: money from vintage frames start and your own do thing. something. Yeah, no question. That's not. You you can and you could fail,
1: ways. but yo, not if you're gonna go to optical school and you're gonna be better than me at something that's within this niche, something. Then we can rock and roll. But I'm With not. Pops's I'm not gonna tell blessing. you. Yeah, but I'm not gonna tell you like you're not this ain't your shit. Like, it's just not, you know? I will make sure that there's things where you guys will have a level for it, but not vintage frames. Right. And you are not me. And you don't well, have the same if they don't stomach. make
0: their own way, they can never feel a sense of accomplishment. And they're just not humans which, to w- me. W- right? w- which leaves them, you know, to do what? Fucking do drugs and be losers, right. you know? Because they all feel this creepy entitlement and they don't feel any sense of accomplishment. Exactly. You know? So for me,
1: the whole thing was, how do we now? So now we have the lenses. We've you know
2: coined the whole thing. How do we sustain it? You already bought some properties. Now yeah, let's i, I expand, bought properties. Right? And so stuff finally, like, you yeah. go
0: from this deal follow falling, falling through that through, potentially yeah. could have been your big break. Yeah, and then now you gotta gotta go back and revisit some of right. these manufacturers and say I want to brand my own yeah. glasses now.
1: So the first guy tell the first guy tells me he doesn't want to do business with me. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not has nothing to do with me. This thing he knows it has nothing to do with me. But he's a Man of principle, and I have to respect it, and he doesn't want doesn't to be involved. No, cannot be involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Respectful, no problem, you know. So now we have this whole thing, and I'm like, well, what would happen if we now revisit all the places where we have this merchandise that we left over? Because in Optical, the interesting thing, and it's safe to say because I purchased it all at this point. Optical is based on license houses, right? So you have a house that will have let's say they'll produce Yves Saint Laurent uh Lanvais and um, Polo for instance mm-hmm. they will sit these guys in the room they'll present them the designs that the license house made polo says okay cool I'll take 20,000 of this one 50,000 like of this I like the yeah, square Yeah, this whole I like thing the, the... but it's the same fucking glass in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. right YSL had the same ones it's just logos so let's say a company put in a PO for a hundred thousand glasses, mm-hmm. and these guys ate up eighty thousand of it. Now there's twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand units that are left over. It's the same fucking units. They are just unbranded, unmarked. Yeah. So some of the companies like would put their daughter's name on it and try to liquidate them or like weird shit, mm-hmm. and you know, touching all these optical things and kind of catching onto it. You realized who, what, and where. So now I'm like, well, fuck, we've Left all this over. Let's go get it because if we bought shit for low prices on the designer, I love it. Imagine what we can pick up now. Now, so we're you would back, take
0: the, the remaining twenty thousand pieces. So, from this? well now, right? Idea. So
1: in the past couple of years, so about three years ago, we created an offset called a VF by Vintage Ramps. So it's like our Mark by Mark Jacobs, mm-hmm. and the idea was to look at our P and L. And to say, like, a, I don't need marketing dollars because I'm friends with everyone, and I can maneuver amongst this this Makes whole sense. world. And let's take where our marketing dollars should be, and let's pr- let's produce something. Let's over deliver on quality. Let's under deliver on price, and let's see what it does. Mm. So these glasses in these lots there would be 50 of one 75 of another 100 maybe so 200 very small whatever. quantities there would yeah but they would be large quantities but a very small some of them had like a couple hundred whatever gotcha and and i started to put my lenses in it we would give them names and we would just literally i would put them up in my hand so you're test my, marketing yeah, i would train. like i
0: have 75 pieces of this yeah. it's very rare
1: 75 pieces let's we're gonna you know it looks like a pablo escobar let's call it a Esc- let's call it an escobar frame
0: I like that, smart. and let's
1: and let's give it this thing. Let's give it relevance. It's actually vintage. Um, it's price point sensitive, but the quality is the same quality. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's dabble in this to see a hey, if it boosts the name or fucks the name up because we don't want to play with our higher end clientele, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so we do this. It sells like crazy, and we're just banging through these things. And it's we've created now this whole new niche, and people are buying into it. So. You know and now what's the
2: price point just for hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. Right. Wow. So it's
1: hundred dollars. And you're the original seventy
0: five hundred pieces were also a hundred. Which which ones? Well, you were saying when you were test marketing this? Yeah. Oh, room. this.
1: Yeah. So we there was. I mean, there's been tens. There's been more than seventy five hundred. There's been hundreds of thousands that we've gone through, but in different smaller commodities. Mm. Yeah. But it allowed me to be able to have a girth, right? Because let's say if we have 1.2 million frames, we might only have a quarter million of them that have doubles or runners to it, right?
0: So each release of the, I, you know, the Detroit or whatever was according to how many pieces so, you got your hands on, and then you, right? So
1: that, well, the Detroit, I'll get to that in a second, but that brought us to a different place. But these glasses were going crazy; like mm-hmm. they were literally going crazy. So I, after I bought them all up now we ran into a different problem of volume
2: find find more now
1: how well do we want to find more or now you know now we know that it works it doesn't fuck our business up
0: you're almost running into the same problem you ran into with cartier and the vintage we're 100
1: because and now how much commodity do we want to release so for that division we probably have another million units in specifically that but i i don't want to pump them out as consistently i'd rather you know, play let with let
2: it them. sit like the like the Supreme model exactly. You know, you release yeah. one, you let it sit for a bit. Now there's a new but it's one. It's
0: different because his were unbranded vintage yeah. glasses that yeah. he was rebranding. Right, exactly. Meaning they run out. Supreme can do as many units as right. they no. I think so the small so that's runs.
1: contrived hype versus this is
2: actually limited edition. Yeah, can't
0: yeah. reorder the stock
1: if no, they go out. No, around. exactly. It's done. So, so but why not
2: hold on to it at that point, right? Well, yeah. No. So, so
1: now, so now I sit down. Um, I don't remember who it was, but someone was like really egging me on, being like, "Oh, you know, so now you sell this, you sell this big shot." They're like, "Why don't you just produce it was, your it own?" It was for sure puffy, right? No, it wasn't. Puff, <laughs> puff, dope. Like, yeah, nothing bad no, to say about like, him anyway. Yeah, yeah. And like on that day, I, he like, might be a killer. And that, so let's and that, not. And that like point of time, everyone was like on a really tyrannical raid, and it was like one of the. It was the right time to be have a tyrannical raid. And it wasn't specifically against me. It was oh, no. against the... It, it wasn't was even, lit, having yeah. fun. It was probably fucking puff. drunk. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I've produced... I've literally touched more glasses than anyone in the world. Single skews. You know, nobody can take that away from me. I know what glasses have sold in what places, what glasses have not sold, because I've bought up what hasn't sold. I've sat... Sat through because of the way that I buy, have bought the glasses. I've sat through the most fucking insane pitches from people and their tyrannical raids. Now I have all this information. Now let's put my money where my mouth is. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you did the market research, yeah?
1: Well, I'm and I'm in it and I am the market. So, I'm like, you know, look, let's let's do something different. So, one of our models that was our best selling model was called a Detroit player, and I don't remember how I came up with the name, it was with my buddy Brian. We are kind of like shooting around names. I came up with this name and it was always our more successful model. So my idea was. Isn't Detroit where they do the player's ball? I mean. Tim it's culture's just, big in Detroit. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, Chicago. but it's not, it wasn't really based. It okay. was just kind of like the name, you know, it didn't have sure. as much growth as that, to be honest. <laughs> um, so we, so I had this idea and I was like, well, why not? Instead of trying to just design my own frames, let's take the best of every frame that I thought after touching them all. Let's get rid of the worst, and let's take the pieces together and make a line where it's where it pays homage historically, but through different aspects. Mm-hmm. So let's give these frames so many levels of branding that it doesn't matter who looks at them. Let's just let's go for it. So we create this Detroit player, and now I, you go into production. Now we're in production. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, the first time, right? And well, this is the first time where like I am You My balls are on the line. You're right if off we fucking Yes yeah, If we fucking well, no, I don't even go that far. So I convince a factory to make a thousand pairs for me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, oh, we don't want to. Overseas? Th- these things called the Detroit players. So I release. I'm just it.
2: asking. Like, do you have like a distrib- uh, a manufacturer overseas, or is it? Oh, overseas. Yeah. I thought you said what were these? Um,
0: yeah,
1: we have we have a an manufacturer and they're, overseas. They're, okay.
0: th- I'm guessing their minimum is probably like ten thousand usually. No, something. they have
1: they have very high minimums. Mm-hmm. But now, what I've been able to do is, I I don't want them to just produce it. I want certain parts from different places because I want there to be authenticity in this piece of eyewear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I think that the hinges should be done in Japan let's get the hinges at Japan. Right. If I want the acetate from Germany, if I want the lenses from here, if I want the nose pads. I want it to be a yeah.
0: quality, yeah.
1: sustainable Yeah, and then let's, let's piece. put it together in Asia, but let's finish it in Montreal. Let's edge it and like lens that. it in Montreal. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so we do this glass, I put this marketing thing together, and I'm like, I look into Detroit and say like, what is it that we can add a little bit more of a Detroit feel to it? Mm-hmm. So Detroit's famous for this um, drink Fago. And it's like, it's like they're caught cola. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've, you know, working with Remy Martin and playing around with, with their um, liquids to use for lenses, I figured out a way to take the dying colors out of lenses so I can kind of color match or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we make this thing, we do this launch in Detroit, we do a dinner, we put these things online, there's a thousand pairs, a thousand pairs sell it in eight hours. We're sitting there in the office. You know, Shopify is ringing off the fucking hook. And, and that was like, just social media straight on was Yeah, this was social media. Tory uh, Lanes, who's my homie, came to Montreal. I'm like, yo, put these on. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting you for this. Um, mm-hmm. He he shot the whole, you know, the campaign. Mm-hmm. It went on Hypebeast. Hypebeast was into it. I mean, they Very pick cool. up whatever the fuck I do. Anyways, they're always been supporti- supportive. High snobiety and everyone picks it up. Mm-hmm. The Glasgow's lives live in eight hours it sells out we have the fastest selling glass of all time fuck yeah and i'm sitting there in the yeah, office you're proud you're and i'm looking what you do i'm like holy fuck i'm like this is this is not that everything else isn't real but now there's a, a different big. level of sustainability now you have, yeah that's right you have yeah. that long term now we have now we have the, we have the long play now, now we have the you know the play where we can put you know money towards funds for college for the kids and stuff if they want to use it and, and a different thing like there's not that we've never had a long game I always had a long game but this is it
0: was always a hustle it was always yeah
1: a, this, this has to be this is like a robbing bit,
0: Peter to pay Paul like you, you get this stock it, and you try and move it, and it yeah it, 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 well it,
1: it went much in the past six years like much less yeah. than that but at the beginning, yes. Like we're 15 years into this. And um, so finally you have a sustainable... Now I have a sustainable model. So yeah. I'm like, so, you know, I have one of my friends, Brian, who's who was working for me at the time. And he goes, was this a fluke? I'm like, I don't know. Was it a fucking fluke? Or do we really know what we're doing? You know, he's like... I don't know, but we should be careful. I'm like, fuck it. I, you know what? To be honest with you, I really know what I'm doing. Let's fucking do this. Mm-hmm. So we do an we do an offset colorway of it, where it's instead of purely 18 karat gold, it's a two tone 18 karat gold. We put it out. We only do 250 units of it. It sells out in four minutes.
0: So you know, and you I'm like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> let me ask you, how does the um a strategic partnership with Remy Martin and with Neiman Marcus come about so hmm. so Remy Martin, um, when we start our um,
1: when we start our store, I think it was five or six years six years ago, um, it was sponsored by Hennessy, the opening hmm. and the Remy Martin guys um, kind of got wind of it, and they got involved with us. they started to sponsor the barbershop saw how, you know, really involved with brands. When when I take on a brand, like I have other brands that I'm the brand manager and or marketing and or seating for, and I work very closely with them, but I take on the brand like as if it's my own brand. Mm-hmm. And the money, yes, plays into it, but at the end of the day, it's really important for it to be a real natural synergy for what I do. So Remy is a very elevated brand. It's a family brand. Um, so they come to me and they say, hey, look, we have a, we have some... Extra money at the end of our budget. What should we do? Like, let's make a mobile barbershop. Let's call it the Centaur, and let's bring the experience to, to them. So mm-hmm. we buy this Sprinter, we turn it into Notorious. It's a one chair thing. It's the craziest stereo system. A bar in it, running water, and it's
2: and it's basically a moving ad for Remy Martin. Yes, yeah, so,
1: but it on is, the inside, and this is in Montreal. No? It's in Montreal. Yeah, does, have,
2: isn't there like a a law against food trucks and all those things it's not a back food truck day, no so i'm saying like can't you not have a mobile business isn't
1: that you can only not have a mobile business if you
0: ask
2: Fair. right Fine. plus i mean i don't think you guys were like, charging it it was a
0: promo thing
1: no we yeah. were we were we at certain things we were certain things we weren't you know it's like i just bought a golf cart to drive around Saint luke and everyone's like well is that illegal i said i don't know you would only know if it's illegal if you right. fucking ask if it's illegal <laughs> if you don't give a shit well that, me, fuck you <laughs> we'll figure it out you know yep so, um, we build this, we built this thing and it's wildly successful and Hennessy sponsors all these events in Montreal and I don't really give a shit about their sponsorships. So they have this, um, event. I don't remember who, who like it was Jazzy Jeff. It was like their mural festival, okay, a yeah. fucking Hennessy festival. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. And I take the truck and I dr- drive the truck right into the festival. I'm in the middle of the festival. We have the fucking green room. It's in the middle of the festival. They're paying probably a million dollars for it. I'm sitting there in a truck fucking drinking Remy. Brilliant, you know? Very, very. And um, so very aggressive and very like able to merge. yourself
0: to things that are already Yeah, and
1: merge it and make it, you know, being the whole strategy of vintage is is providing luxury to people who might not always have experienced it. Okay. While also satisfying the crowds of people that do, so kind of merging those cultures, and Remy took hold into it. They then um, were confident enough to bring me into the states. So two of our guys from Remy, Canada, um, one of them just got the—he's now the VP of Louis Thirteen, which is one of our highest end products. In Canada? Uh, no, he he went from Canada to the states and now to sits for in, Louis, Yeah, Louis, and then, Louis. then this other guy, Thomas, um, also went, and Thomas brought me with him. And then when the states got wind of what type of work we, you know, I did and stuff like that, they put me in charge of a program um, or to create this program called Collector Series, which was their basketball program originally. And mm. so my idea was... What let is it th- exactly? I'm curious. So it's, it's the second year that it happened. And the first year was, it was they believe that there's a synergy between them and the basketball culture. So people are watching basketball, big cognac drinkers, same kind of demographic type mm-hmm. of thing.
0: Ballers, whatever.
1: Yeah. So they um created this limited edition box which was a sneaker box and they had this this kind of like tour that happened around it and it was it was a very good um first start into that but it was still mit- missing an aspect that could really bond it culturally mm-hmm. so I wrote this program to to them and brought in my friend Don C, who's Kanye's best friend.
0: You know who from just who, Don? Um, who we just had on the podcast? Who's that? Neil Forrester from Toronto. Oh, word up. he's very close with uh, with Don C. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was telling us all kinds of great stories back. in yeah. I day. I
1: see. I see Neil all the time. Actually, I onboarded him for a couple of our events. Yes, yeah, my brother. Um, that's about, Neil. He um. So I brought Don on, and we developed this program where it's we. You know, his brand's called Just Dawn, so we created this co-label, Just Remy, and it was Don designing the sneaker box and packaging, Don't. and it was a five-city tour, and each city would have this piece of this very exclusive collection, Don't. which was a Just Remy, Just Dawn thing. So I work with them, and basically, am able to translate what they wanna do to the culture that, not that they're disconnected from, but that they, that the culture wants to be fed things in a more, like,
0: maybe over they weren't the t- accessible, over the top. they weren't even over the accessible. Top way. Yeah,
1: they want to feel part of it, you know. So, we bridge the gap with them. Um, and what you know, what my real specialty is is vintage fashions. So, there's this company, um, JSSI, they own British nights and they own lugs. So I work on Lugs and British Knights, very close companies
2: that are kind of under the radar but still for me hype.
1: Yeah, but they're but they're dope, you
2: know. And, right. and that's it's the f- Carl Canaille's British Knights. Yeah, that's the It's same It's a family
0: business and um, so they're bringing it back out through Canada or they're rolling it out in no, the No, no, so it's
1: in the states. I mean, it's distributed. It's a company that owns um, but it's a US distributor. It's a US, US distributor. Industry? Okay. Um, so I I generally work only with US companies because my reach is strongest within the U.S. Right. It's very present in Canada, but the Canada's really trickled down from the U.S. It's at also the, end of the day.
2: market. They yeah, looked to out. Yeah, 100, 100, to 100 brilliant. I, I remember years ago with with Epic Meal Time, and I won't name any names, where we did a like a, a sponsored video, yeah, and Canada approved everything. Yeah. The video's ready to go, and America's like, nah. And I had to literally frame by frame blur out the logos they still cut the check oh yeah but we weren't allowed to use their logo because the canada version was like small potatoes and they were like yeah yeah, we're doing it we're doing it and And the big company in the states is like no no we're not doing this we're not we're not throwing these fucking drunken assholes anywhere near our stuff you know what i mean
1: that's you know and that's that's, you're better
2: off that's the reality of of that stuff you know so
1: i work with them and um we're you Know resurging the brands and putting in a different, they're still very big brands, but within more of a middle America mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. And we've worked with Ewing and Chalkline and shit like that. Dope. And then the other one, which we work with or I work with very closely, is MCM. And so MCM took a notice. favorite, for, favorite yeah, of both forever, of us. you know. I, you know, I we were all for argument's sake, I am MCM, like as far as you Google, you know. So uh, most people think I own the brand. So they were bought over. Um, by a really interesting company from Korea. Um, Very smart lady. They have an office in New York and Jersey and they started on this whole expansion. So we work with them and have some cool shit coming out with them, Um, which kind of gives it a bit of an elevated ideology because that's what I've been wearing since I was a kid. Yeah, of course. You know, And in a lot of cases, I understand their back history a lot more than they do because I was part of the whole thing. You know, we need to
0: remake... Yeah. That members only MCM jacket they did it. that you brought to my photo shoot back in the day—they
1: did it. They have uh, oh my god, I need they, that. And they made it, and we—they did it as a biker jacket.
0: Oh, that's what I was just yeah. gonna say. They did it as a biker. I was being yeah. true to the because yeah, no, no. it was like a members only jacket. Yeah, but I, I I need the the perfecto right. Yeah,
1: they so they so th- you know and and all these companies. Whether it's them or Kazal or whatever it is, they have a very rich heritage. In a lot of cases, they don't understand the heritage because they weren't there, and licenses have changed names. Um, and it's almost like two companies because you have kind of their new designs and their old designs. And like certain people really like their heritage, but certain people really like their new. So I kind of come into these companies and convince them to keep their heritage as a division but separately. Mm-hmm. And give the new. Let also. people who are culturally relevant run that and alongside with with these companies while they do the other stuff with the other things to the keep more the mass lights marketing on. Yeah, bro, but we keep it in in the, in the public, you know? So that that's kind of like, that's kind of what we do. And you know, and now the big conflict is how much time do I dedicate to work versus my kids, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all, it's all bullshit. Like I don't want to be at shows anymore. I like right. literally no, the sense. only shows that I want to be at are Elton
0: John or DMX,
1: and and it's the fucking <laughs> strangest. And conga. hopefully
0: neither of them are in a dark room waiting with a bottle of wine for you. Right? Yeah. Let's like, be like, honest.
1: So we went to
0: <laughs> you know and and
1: it was kind of interesting because a lot of the stuff, the the key to being successful in these arenas, is or these like different places is learning how to walk through the walls. That's that's the key. The key is. Finding the weakest link and making sure he doesn't work for them, he then works for you. So <laughs>
0: or so, he's abused by them nah, and wants to work you know, for well, you. Whatever <laughs> it is. So like,
1: you know, I've taught many people throughout the years how to kind of do this thing, but there was always a, you know, put me, put me in front of whoever and wherever we have to get. We're going to get in. There's no question. And if you look like you're supposed to be there, you are supposed to be there. So like... My best friend, Adam, who funny enough, lives in the same place where you grew up. Um, he's like, oh, I've never seen DMX. And I never want to go to his birthday parties. I don't like a lot of the people that go there and I don't like the restaurant he chooses.
0: You want to laugh, you know that famous old footage of me battling uh, young berg yeah. in front of DMX? Yeah. That was on DMX's birthday in his dressing room in Tampa. Funny man. Yeah. DMX's birthday is so, not where you want to be. He always turns up on no, his birthday. So we... we um, so
1: I was like, you know what, fuck, I, I can do this. I'm not gonna show up at the birthday party. I'm always also out of town. I feel bad every year. I'm gonna find a city where I feel is like an easy city to go to. Yeah. DMX is starting tour, let's go out. So this week, on, uh, or last week on We well, just started performing
2: again. Yeah, so
0: we went to
1: the, the second show. Ago. I flew out with Adam to Boston, we went to see DMX. Nice. And we get into DMX, and I'm like, oh God, I'm like, this is a fucking clusterfuck. Like, I don't know how this is gonna go off, but if it goes off, did you watch the show? Does he still have it? So I did. I go to the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. He was. He was incredible. Great. But I, I was some years so, ago here. So yeah, I, I don't know X, and I've only seen him once at a Swiss event. I could have called Swiss or someone and got tickets. And I was like, you know what? I really want to be general admission to this. I'm a Gen real Pop. fan. Let me fucking do this. Support. Yeah. So. I bought tickets just fine, but I bought general admission tickets. I figured I'd be in, in like the pit. I'm in the pit for like mm, four minutes. Boston's grinding. There are fucking things going around that I want nothing to do with. And I have my chains and I'm like, nah, this ain't for me. Let's go up. I'm going to find the weakest link. So we go around. I see this little security guard, <laughs> right? The weakest link. The weakest link, right? and there's gigantic security guards, but there's a little guy and it's on the second floor, As kinda goes around and it's the section that's right next to the stage. And I see there's like a little section that's cleared off and he seems very serious because he's the smallest guy there. I go up to him and I said, Adam, right? He's like, no, tells me his name. I'm like, oh, that's right, I'm so sorry. I've just met so many people, cool. I'm like, "Um, I'm here to see you. This section, do not let anybody into it, okay? He's like, yeah. And then I come back. He doesn't and know who the fuck you are. doesn't know who the fuck I am.
0: You, know? <laughs> you, you mind fuck
3: <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> gave him a job. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This is and a good story. I,
1: and then I come back. Oh, I'll show you a picture. I have a picture of him too. <laughs> okay. So I'm you, go, to there you so go there, you troll him first. Yeah, troll him first. And I'm like, you want a drink? He goes, no, no, I can't drink. Goes, okay, cool. I'll be back. So I go back to him and say, look, this section, you, you got to keep it clear. Please understand <laughs> that nobody can come in here. I can use my job. He's like, of course. <laughs> Great. No problem. There, people are fucking packed, and there's this one section, there's no one that's there. And I'm like, yo, Adam, you've never really come with me to this shit. You look fucking forward. Look forward to stand where I tell you that you gotta stand. You fucking blend into this wall because I'm not sitting in this crowd and fuck this. Go back, go back in. I'm like, you know what, Adam, actually do me a favor. I'm like, give me your phone. He's like, what do you need my phone for? I'm like, I need to send a text message. So I send myself a text message saying, yo, Corey. X will fire you if you don't get the footage properly for this. You <laughs> fucking stay there. Stage left, amazing. okay? He's like, you fucking stay there. He's like, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> so we go in, and this guy—I forget his name—turns out he's a Jewish cat too. The
2: security, the security, this okay, little guy, he found and I, like one Hebrew in the whole building. So, but I, take, but to make him to make him feel part of girl, this, yeah.
1: this whole fucking thing. I'm like, give me. Do you mind being on the Instagram? He goes, No, not at all. He thinks it's
0: for DMX's Instagram
1: He doesn't I've not claimed He's scared. I've not claimed <laughs> you're bamboozling I've not claimed Whose Instagram it's for But it is But for X is ins- gonna is, fire you it, it is for Instagram And not DMX is gonna fire me Just X <laughs> So I have not lied to anybody I have not done anything I'm a good person All white lies. So it's... we go into this We go into this thing And now, he, now finally He comes up to us And goes I'm so sorry uh, Do you have credentials? Dude my assistant is in Quebec. I pull out my Quebec driver's license, which no one can read, anyways. Mm-hmm. I go, here's here's my credentials. I said, and look, here's a text. Here's a text from Adam. Right? <laughs> and he reads it. He goes, uh, he goes, he goes. Oh great! I said, dude, do not let anybody into this session. <laughs> he goes, I got it, man, no problem. And I'm and so Adam's next to the wall. He's wearing black. I'm like, Adam, do not fucking move your head. You look forward. You look forward the whole fucking show, and that's it. Blend. Then they bring in like a couple of radio personalities. I look at him and I'm like, dude, he's like, oh, I radio. I'm like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. You're good.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so now you're so policing now, the now
1: area. Yeah, and now better, there's all the big security coming and they're looking at him and going, who the fuck is? No, 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 no. They're, they're good.
0: And they're like, I don't know. Cool. Great. Because he saw your fuck credentials. They, yeah, fuck yeah.
1: do they know. My credentials, my Quebec. You're allowing people in sections li- So once you were back, him, back there,
3: did you I'm bump into there. somebody? I'm
1: not I'm not backstage. I'm on stage. I'm, I'm I'm oh, on you're on the second, side of the second stage. level, exactly where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. I have my own private section no, out out of the You're just trying to maintain thing. it. Man. I'm just trying raff. to watch fucking DMX. Gotcha. you. know, so we watch DMX, and then obviously it's getting to the end of the show. People are getting rowdy. I'm not into this at all. I've already bought my T-shirt outside. Like mm-hmm. I'm a fan of this shit. I'm I'm out. Look at the guy, dude. You need to escort me out. He goes, "What do you mean escort? Where is the place for me to leave? No, you gotta go. There. No, no, no. I'm not going out there. What is that? Okay. Yeah. Go out there. I was like, "Alright man, good to see you. you know? <laughs> Peace. You know we're out." Boom. So, but it's that like and never did I tell him that I work for DMAC. I never no. lied to him at all.
0: It's the important, important thing. But I can that you imagine do. that kind of uh, creative maneuvering, we yeah. could call it, has has served you well to be able to Yeah, and you always, you know, get clients at, and at events and shit uh, access, of course. Yeah, you always want to know the security guards. So like now
1: when I go to the Bell Center, 100%. bless them of glasses. I don't even give them glasses. Hey, how are you? Just make them feel like they're part of the absolutely. part of the gang. You know, 100%.
3: absolutely.
1: You know, you having a good night? Cool. Yeah, cool. How you doing?
0: blah? Uh, absolutely. Fucking, so you forgot to, uh, one thing. Yeah. How did Neiman Marcus come about?
1: So Neiman Marcus sees us. Um, Neiman Marcus sees us a complex con.
0: I wasn't I mean, through MCM tie in no, or anything. It had nothing like that. to
1: do with it. Actually, MCM's a very big client. Uh, or. Yeah, no, Neiman Marcus is a very big client of MCM. Neiman Marcus takes an interest into what we do from their special project side. They see this whole activation, because my whole thing with the glasses industry is there's like all this fluff to the glasses industry, like how lenses are made and all this type Mm. of shit. So when you are waiting for your glasses to be made, you could have your glasses in five minutes, in 10 minutes, it just depends how motivated the person is. Because the machines... At this point, are automated,
2: right? It's like a three D printer at this point. They're cutting based. Yeah, I mean, there's
1: look, there's quite a bit of skill, no doubt, but it's you can learn it, you know. So like, while these guys are doing maybe ten frames a day in a store if they're lucky, my machines, each machine's doing two hundred frames, and two hundred like two hundred pairs, and it's just a different it's like a different do they vibe. Wear out?
2: Do you like burn out machines no, we, constantly? No, or? we
1: bang them out. No, these are like major medical machines. We fucking push them and the cool thing about it is the companies that we buy from love that we have them because we're troubleshooting the machines at those type of volumes. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not we're doing factory production locally mm. on medical
2: machines instead of factory machines.
1: Which is And these factory interesting. machines
2: are probably hundreds of millions of dollars, right? It's not that the, you it, know. it's not
1: that the money's more expensive. It's they're they're just cumbersome, you know? And it's like it's just big for nothing. Okay. Um so Neiman, we basically do this thing where we when we do our activations where we bring the machine, you can cut lenses on the spot. It's it's a very special thing to the optical industry because people don't want you to see the machines. Mm. They don't want so you to know what the fucking nail. secret is. Yeah, and we're 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 just very transparent. Why do you have to lie to people? Just be as transparent as possible. Try to give them the best fucking product in the world, the most unique product. They'll probably just product. think it's cool, and that's it. And and that's it becomes its own social media moment. So because you've been are doing
0: pop ups in different yeah. Neiman Marcuses well, where you customize the lens so for the weekend or whatever. For we the
1: have, but. Neiman Marcus put us into 14 stores as a test. So they purchased us into the stores. Mm -hmm. Um, We had an 87% sell through our first weekend, which is absurd. Congratulations. Which is unbelievable. And so when you see us doing these activations in store, it's where we've been bringing the machine and doing it around cultural events. So like we went and did Super Bowl, we went and did uh, All Star and shit like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And like Super Bowl was our first weekend I think I don't remember what our number was. We sold, but it was, was very high. They didn't know what the fuck hit them. They were like, "What the hell is going on?" Not only what is going on, but all these celebrities, like it was in Atlanta, were popping up, were popping to come up say hi, to grab support, yeah. you know, and like they've never seen this. Before. They've not. They've never seen it. They had no idea how to. Catch. And with no
0: marketing money, they yeah. didn't have to pay for the celebrities to, for to pop up.
1: And they didn't have to. They didn't have to do anything. That's tremendous yeah. value
0: for them. Crazy, you know.
1: And they're putting it up on their own social channels. If if you would ask them to do it, you're talking hundreds of thousands of right. dollars to some of these guys. And like JD, who's a very good friend of mine, who we actually just signed on to Remy for a new program. Um, and he's like, to me, he's one of the pillars of hip hop in general. Just so they yeah. understand
0: Jermaine Dupri. Jermaine Dupri, he's Dupri talking yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Lil Bow
1: Wow, DeBras. So So Def, yeah. So So deaf, yeah. exactly. So he's like the mayor of Atlanta. And yeah. during Super Bowl, he had like 12 events a day. When they saw him come to Neiman's to buy a pair just to support and take time out of the day, that was like, they were like, holy shit. For you. Yeah, we had all the basketball players, all the football players, Fab came through, he came through, Don, like it was just a who's who. Mm. And they were like, what the fuck is going on? I said, well, these are my friends. In the same way that they do things, I will pay for it financially. I will support it financially. You know, So like Don's wife, Kristen crawley who's um also has her own line of like uh of these like um uh, lip moisturizers and eye okay. moisturizers like this mass line, beauty shit whatever. like she literally hopped on a bird like which is one of these rentable um fuck are they scooters mm-hmm. and and took a bird to come to the activation because there was traffic and like mm. do you know how much support that is and it's these just are it's years just,
2: and years of, of oh, years your of, reputation as a relationship. And years, yeah. you
0: know, when they come to town, yeah, he goes yeah. out of his way. He hooks them up with amazing sure, glasses right. that that you know that are very rare. You can't just find. You yeah, can't just anywhere. buy them. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know they yeah. appreciate that. But then when they
1: do something, you know, so she released her new products, which are like these, like let's say lip moisturizers. I'm not from that market, but I'll buy them. You'll pick it up for your wife or yeah. whatever. Just because yeah, I'm just going to support it, just because. Just regular. There's and. And in an industry where so many people expect free things, I don't want, like, yes, it's very nice to get free things, and we do quite a bit, but I'm always supporting financially because it really means a lot to spend your dollars to do this, always buying the albums, always paying for the movies, the whole shit. Like, this is their living, and if you expect them to support you, well, you gotta fucking support them. I I saw
0: Ross doing an interview. I'm sure you saw this, and it was so true. He said, you know, I like everybody's shit that I, that I genuinely yeah. respect. He goes, because not only is it free to like, but if it helps you <laughs> that I'm just showing love, it's just good energy. And if you want to yeah. be successful as an entrepreneur, you, you must give to receive like 100%. anything in life. If you 100%. put out great energy, you're going to get good energy back. Yep. If you put out weird energy, it's normal.
2: And asking you know? for shit is fucking weird for me. Like I just, it's, who asked for free shit? You know, shit? a lot like,
0: of I, like,
1: you know, my, my whole thing, and it's, it's always the same line. And and I can't mention the people who have said it just because, maybe they will see this. As soon as someone's like, "Yo, what can I get for free?" Same shit all the time. I'm like, "Yo, if if you plan on coming to my son's bar mitzvah and performing, yo, take what you want." Yeah. But if you're not, fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> you know, like we. I think I saw you say that to
2: two chains. To two chains, yeah. Right? So
1: Am I
0: right?
2: Two chains and I are are we real had a great free. thing on on uh, on what was it? Uh, the gq shit no no uh vice i think it was like one of his first episodes of like the rich was the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah yeah GQs. yeah, that was, yeah GQ. GQ. So it, was it was gq yeah it was gq i it was so
1: a vice he's on vice now because vice bought it the most expensivest shit oh they, they bought it, it. okay but, but that was like the first or yeah. second episode but i i, I literally land from milan and and as i'm landing i get a taint a a text from Chains. You were over. And the he's like, "That episode, by the way." No, but you have to understand. That's that's great, that's, great the, that's the relationship I have with him. Chains hey, like, "Yo," <laughs> he's like, "You want to be on the show? You got to be in L.A. in like fucking six hours." I like get
0: off the plane go and pack a bag of glasses, get on the plane to LA. And people don't understand the schlep, the hustle. Yeah, it's, a, it's sweat the equity. The customs is it's the fuck. Sweat equity, yeah. you know? It's
1: it's insane, you know? So I go there, and Chains and I have that real relationship. Like, that's who it is, but... It goes back. W- yeah, it goes back. Like, literally the it's first... He's a nice guy, too. He's a very, very nice guy, guy, but it's a very, like... Friendly like, report. Yeah, and it's no. it's like, he's clowning on me, and I'm clowning on him. But that whole thing, <laughs> they were like... The manager was like, "Yo, you can, you guys can go at each other." I'm like, "Cause chains, I've seen some of your shit." And it's like, "Yeah, we're gonna smoke a thousand dollar dab, f- with some dude who looks like he's from Scooby Doo. Like, <laughs> not, it's like not hot. You want to play? Like, let's let's play. You know." Mm-hmm. And the episode, I went after him. It was so funny. it was very funny, yeah, but it I wasn't in a disrespectful it. way. No, but I went fucking after him. Every you single. Look, you, I mean, we're, we're all uh, three Jewish
2: people in this I room. You look very him. Jewish in that one. Yeah, but I bodied him. <laughs> yeah, no. I literally bodied <laughs> him. Well, I
0: think it's very no, in our
1: humor, you know. I like, fucking, I don't care what anyone says. He knows too. I fucking bodied him in it. <laughs> and we won that episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would have edited certain You had, things you had the Eminem
2: verse on Renegade in that episode. No
1: question. He was, you know, it was a great episode, but, and it, it also, you know, it did quite a bit. Like that was a major thing where people reference Mm -hmm. for for me, you know, and that was always a big thing. So, you know, circling this all back to Neiman's, we now have them looking at GQ, them seeing us a complex. We come in, we're fucking gangbusters. You got your credit. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck? Mm. They're like, we don't have any glasses. And now they're, so we're in their stores and now we're rolling out, I think to 34 stores out of their 43, which is good. And instead of it just being glasses that are sold there, because we're like literally outselling every single brand, it's like a joke.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now You're we're right. going to have actual machines and staff in each store, so we're going to have shopping shops in all these stores permanently. Which is permanently, nice. Yeah. Congratulations! Which is, I'm very you. happy for you. Yeah, which is huge. And I don't Amazing. think it's such a. I I didn't realize it was such a big deal. To be honest, like it was cool. And there's a lot of accounts that approach us and stuff like that. But people have gone fucking apeshit for right. it, and it's really opened the doors to quite a bit of, you know, of these places. Barney's wants us, all these types of places. Well,
0: you know, and I think the lesson is Corey that after fifteen plus years of yeah. consistency on the same focused yeah. business idea, because the model evolves, yeah. um, that finally you're, you know, you're getting your just dues, and I'm very happy for I you. Appreciate man. It. Congratulations.
1: Well, you know, it's at the point where before it used to be what can i do Mm. like and it was almost an egotistical thing i know i can do this like i can know i can create a barbershop i know i can create a barber culture but now it's should i do that Mm. and so now a little bit wiser well it's not it's not wiser it's like i gotta choose what my time is because at the end of the day i just want to be with the kids sure you know and that's and like that's that's the that's only. That's quality of life
0: shit. Yeah, right? that's
1: the you know. And, and fortunately, I'm at a place where I can decide what it is that I do and don't want to do. Like mm-hmm. I don't turn things down always, but I do turn down quite a bit of things if I'm not a hundred percent into it. Because if I'm not one hundred percent in it or one hundred percent behind the brand, like the check's cool, but at this point, you have a
2: brand to look after too. Where it's like, yeah, come on.
1: But it's it's not it's not only that. Like the kids, and the kids are such. Like, you turn around. I was only away for a day for this fucking WrestleMania shit. Do you know how much you could lose in a kid's life? Like, you're not there for a lot of it. And it doesn't matter
0: how much money, it doesn't matter how much wealth or buildings or whatever you the know
1: fuck or whatever, ours. you're missing that it, shit. It, yeah, it's nothing to, it has nothing to do with I think,
0: Corey, it. and correct me if I'm wrong, is cats like us yeah. always did it more for the culture, always did it more as a passion, always did it more to prove to ourselves that we could do that. At, I don't think the, the mo- I think if the money was yeah. the only thing you were shooting for, you wouldn't have gotten to this point because right. you would have quit a long time.
1: Well, before. that's that's true. Yeah. You know what and,
0: I mean? And the money por- the portion of it came It was after. a personal yeah. thing to come. Oh, it was always
1: a personal it was, you know, it was the whole it was the whole Robin Hood thing. I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of rich kids that that are asking me about hash. They sound out of their fucking minds for you it's not it's not for me like but what is for me is their parents i like their parents i'll hang out with their
2: fucking (laughs) parents but i don't want to hang out with them fuck cares what they have to say you cares you've matured cory big time let me tell you something no just like as a as someone who's known you for a long time yeah to talk to to you now awesome but to hear the ending of this which is i'm doing this for my kids and now it's it's just about spending time because time is the only thing that really has has value material things don't really have value. Yeah. And you know, my son, my
1: son goes you, to, though. I appreciate it. My son goes to a Jewish school. I can't name which one, but he goes to a Jewish school, not because like, and probably the three of us is, is a really good example we are the three of us are Jewish, but we I, we didn't really raise on no. Jewish we're public heritage, school people. Heritage,
2: yeah. not at all raised my on at all. Church, Jamaican, right, Jamaican. these name these in shorts,
1: right?
0: But <laughs> you know I mean, I didn't go to I didn't go to private schools. Right, I didn't go to Jewish but schools. That's the reality, I was in the,
2: you know? the public system with so everybody.
1: There is a there is a separate part of that of that culture, mm-hmm. and what I prefer to the religion is the culture in mm-hmm. a certain way, sure. which is great for the kids, hundred percent. And I believe that the kids should be part of that. I, of I believe that you know, it's my son. I'm like high school. Public. I don't give a fuck what you want to do unless you're like some scholar and you want to skip grades and go to Harvard or some shit. Right out elementary, cool. But if not, nah, man. Like you're you're in a you're in a public forum because that's equally as important as knowing. Especially where we live, yeah, it's so diverse. But bro, when I roll up to fucking school with him, Mm. dude. It's yeah. show and tell. <laughs> it's yeah. not only show and tell. It's like, it's
0: like, it's a joke, you but know? But you stick out like a sore thumb. Wherever I right. am. You are, a, you are a, a
1: cartoon for these yeah. for these for no, these people. No question about yeah. it. But you know, like, my my son gets out of the car, you know, three taps,
0: he's out. <laughs> cool. You know, he's out. And like, and... But it's cute for him. I'm sure he has fun with it as He, d- as he does. He's definitely singled out because of it.
1: Yeah. And he's no definitely matter... definitely one of the cooler kids, too. Oh, he's... There's smart. no way around There's
2: that.
0: There's not
1: even, like... You know, I it was just his birthday and his birthday I let it turn into a birthday weekend. For sure. okay, which was completely wrong of me. <laughs> so I had the my families who don't get along over for a dinner So I made this new so, house. You, you should have recorded that. I did, trust me I did. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that goes on in my house is recorded. <laughs> so we have for legal ask, purposes, for legal <laughs> purposes. <Yeah. laughs> So we have we have this going on and then my son the week before tells me he's like I want to go to see KISS. I said, you want to go see KISS? The rock band. The rock band. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. When do you listen to KISS? Well, Scooby-Doo. Uh, Scooby-Doo okay. and KISS. Watch. Okay, and we're going to go to KISS. It's classic. So my buddy calls me up. He goes, hey, I'm on tour with KISS. He's like, I'm the opening act. Fuck. Perfect. Unbelievable. Let's do it. Can we go? Yeah, for sure. Do you want to meet the band? Why not? Yeah. Right? So call up my buddy Adam again. And I'm like, we're going to KISS. He's like, great. to
0: do a frame with, with Gene Simmons.
1: Well he wasn't super friendly with me, but I'm like, let's, if you're going to go to a kiss concert, it's their last tour. You got to dress up like kiss. I hate to dress up. I'm not a kiss fan. I'm like, fuck it. I called Jen. (laughs) I'm like, Jen, we're going to kiss. We need to dress up. Get a makeup artist. That's cute. Bro. I am. We're dressed like kiss. We have the, the store giggles who does like Mm -hmm. all the fucking party shit. They put us in these like $1,000 costumes. Mm-hmm. We have makeup. <clears throat> I'm in six inch fucking platforms. are fully
2: kissed at this point.
1: Fully kissed. And <laughs> the most embarrassed ever that I could, like, could ever be, you know? And I'm backstage at the concert. I'm trying to walk in these heels. I feel out of my mind. And I look, <laughs> dude, dead ass, okay? And I'm like fuck i'm so, i am the most <laughs> embarrassed like i can't even go to a halloween party i'm so embarrassed but you do it for the little guy come on but i see the security who knows me very well and i go and i say dressed what's up? up like, I kiss, go and like I say i'm like yo no, what's kiss. up and he has no idea who i am and i'm like this is amazing he oh, doesn't know makeup because i'm fucking fully in like a There's full no one thing. expecting you to be yeah <laughs> so okay. we go into the thing <laughs> we see the kiss we take the picture because, like, what a great fucking picture to have. You yeah. Of and course. kiss dressed up like kiss. That's like, that's you're going to fucking kiss. dress up. You got to take gotta, a picture. You got to do it, you know? So we do this whole thing. And then I'm seeing people and saying hi to them, and they have no idea who I am. I'm like, great. You know, this is great. So we do this kiss thing. I must have met someone there. I get a call on Friday, and and the guy's like, hey, you know, I work for the Globetrotters. I really like what you did for your son, Cash. Um, I would like to invite you guys to the Globetrotters. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I have a thing tonight. They're like, well, you're not wearing a uniform. Leave me yeah. alone. <laughs> like, you, know? you dress up like a mascot again. I'm like, again for I'm, like this I'm not, game? you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I can only imagine being put on court and like them making a mockery of me, you know, <laughs> which is like, I'm the, I'd be the worst. So they're like, well, we have a, a, something on Sunday. Also move the birthday party. It's on us. That's I'm cute. like, I'm like, uh, I can't move the birthday party. The birthday party's on Sunday, so now this is turning into like a fucking Kylie Jenner weekend for her <laughs> right, kids. Right, right, so right. now we have a, a next day, and we have a this, and the kids are at the fucking, you know, how do you get six kids to a thing? You mm-hmm. have to rent a limo or a something. Mm-hmm. Like right. mm-hmm. limo comes, the kids, the whole thing, and like, so this whole type of thing is the reality of of cash. Like he's gone to all these concerts, yeah. he's never sat outside just because they're all friends of mine. So we go to Bieber, we go to whatever the fuck, like he went to a Khaled concert when I was away because he had to bring him glasses. Mm -hmm. So he brought glasses to Khaled and Kalani. Like everyone knows him, you know? And, but that's his reality. But it's not the reality of the kids around him. And so for the first time, I really got to see him interacting in a group of these kids. And he's just not at their level, you know? And it's like- you weren't either. No, I was was not. But I had problems because I wasn't, truthfully. You could
2: teach him. Mm.
1: no no i could advise him but the whole point of all of this was that what i've learned and what most of us have learned has been really trial and error
3: mm,
1: and without that trial and error it it was just verbiage but really. your,
2: your motivation was always and i remember this is like the rich kids and let's let's prove them wrong right let's prove them fucking and, wrong and yeah. they're idiots and let's fuck their parents okay and prove but, them but, wrong. hold on but hold on <laughs> So let's now, fingerbang their mom and fuck oh their man. sisters. Now Everybody. the tour stories are coming. Let's, let's be let's be realistic. Now you have a son yeah. who's that guy, but you got to yeah. make sure he's not. You got to make sure that he's got this and he's not. Well, he's the rich not kid. exactly that guy because although you do want to instill,
0: he still has a little bit of a leg up on the other kids. Where well, that's, that's, has that's what, what I was going
1: to say is the they, balance. But they still, when I walk into this thing, when I bring into the school and I show up in the cars and the whole shit, one hundred percent. I'm, I'm, like, the most legal guy on the planet. Like, right. 100% they're looking at me like I sell
0: crack. Right. <laughs> 100%. When really, in reality, you're an artsy guy. I'm
2: just you're an artsy
1: an guy. And you did it yourself. Yeah, Your like, way. the guy from the school looks, at one of the guys from the school looks for me, and he might see this p- podcast, The Fat Fuck, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I'm like, what's up? He's like, oh, living the dream, living the dream. I'm like, yeah, well, uh, I guess we've, sure Bigs being goes, miserable because he how he's like how come you're how come you're dressed like you're seventeen you are 17 i am like, I'm like, my man, you play baseball near my house, but we'll take this up the summer <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: cool, not a not a school problem some people player. are from different planets
3: yeah, you
1: know, bro, you you know, like you, you know relate. but but they look at him like he's just so far ahead on certain things because of the experiences, and then you wonder, is it right to bring is it right to hold him back, is it right to push him forward like because still kids aren't as strong like i only developed a stomach for this later on in life right. you're an eight-year-old six-year-old three-year-old
2: being looked but at by differently 13 14 you knew that you were hanging around with certain people that had bread and you were the guy that was like i'm gonna make my own yes so you're, your your yes. kid now has a little bit of bread let's call it how he, does no, he I tell how does he level up you No, know, i
1: tell him every day He's like, yo, Dad. Do hey, you don't need, do not have money? I'm like, I'm like, I have money, but you're you're poor as fuck, but bro. He, he's, <laughs> you are poor as fuck, dude. Like, don't
0: don't get it twisted. My money, your money, are it, it ain't it ain't ours. Well, There's I no think, we I, I in think it's, me. I think it's <laughs> you know? smart to instill that young, so yeah. he doesn't have that sense of entitlement and that chip and so on his shoulder asshole, that he's not you know? fucking feeling accomplished, right? Later yeah. on in life, obviously.
1: Yeah. And my daughter, my daughter's like. My daughter looks at you and says no. It's like me looking at you and saying no. It's just no. There's just, there's <laughs> no. There's no maybe, there's no. It's no. And like, try to move me. It's just mm-hmm. not. You know, my, son's, my, my son's a lot more like his mother, but my daughter, it's like, this is the line in the sand. I like that. I dare you to cross it. I like you know? that. That's like,
2: cute. <laughs> like, How old's your daughter? I dare, she's, she's not even four. Oh, she's a cute. fucking, <sighs> yeah. No, a Corey Shapiro daughter sounds dangerous. She Sounds is. Sounds like a boss that like could really hurt. She hurt is. Kind of She's business. really like, she really like, you know, and, and if you ask her, yo, who's the boss?
1: Daddy's the boss.
3: That's <laughs> it.
1: Not mommy, you know, not yeah. that there's anything wrong with mommy, but daddy. That's it. Like, you know, I say go to bed, it's yo, bed. That's it. She learns you know? Yeah. Like she that. makes Jen sleep on the floor with her for four <laughs> hours. Dead ass, like poor Jen, sleeping on the floor at the bed because the kid told her to. And and it's not even here. that she wants her to. It's that she wants to know that if she asks her to do it, that she will. And that's the best part about her. Because it's not, it's just about the game. Psychological she warfare. She has no interest in the result. She just wants
2: to know yeah, she's that. She's
1: playing chess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All day. And she has two families fucking running. It is incredible. You know, and like <laughs> kind of winking You're like, look,
0: I got these fucking right. idiots, you know? So you've done a lot. Yes. You've definitely, um, you know, started from the shirts to the sneaker game, to yeah. vintage eyewear, to, um, you know, real estate investments. Yeah. What's next for you outside of, of there course, the family, which is the most important thing, health, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, the what, health thing. The what's, health. what's What's your passion? What's your, what are you looking forward to right now? What's next yeah. on the agenda?
1: Yeah. You? Just, just the kids really. Like, you know, I bought a country house. So I get to go up there every weekend. I'm like miserable if I don't. Um, I just like to, I just like kind of to live. You know, I was, I was always the same person. There's never a change in my insanity. My insanity has been consistent from day one, (laughs) except now, fortunately, I'm able to fund my insanity. So it's a little bit more leveraged because if I want to get a fucking golf cart, I'm going to get a golf cart and drive it around my, the street. My and tell brother the police
0: saw police St. Henry,
2: you have like a tank around the building. Yeah, I bought a war truck. So, you in the a, famous yeah, words of
0: Naz, you're in your second childhood. Basically, you're I getting to do mind. those things yeah, that you all wanted day.
2: to do and have
0: fun. Like,
1: some guy cut me off in a G Wagon and gave me the f- finger, and I went out and bought a Unimog, a war truck, a <laughs> 1973 <laughs> battering ram. And when I see him on the road, I'm going to bat. <laughs> one way insurance Battering Ram his fucking car I'm going to walk away from the shit And
0: leave it there Because it is what it is You know Which leads me to a great segue um, Crazy stories Give me one or two crazy stories That that you want to share I'm not going to put you on there Because we yeah. have a lot of crazy stories yeah. But we ain't going to go there
2: Yeah, because um, still
1: not seven years from <laughs> <laughs> No, no I, I, I
2: like this though and Let's end this off with like a good one That maybe no one's ever heard Man, I don't know like I mean, that. I'm sure you have a ton. Know. Something fun. It doesn't have to even involve a celebrity. Just something that, like, we can we can end this thing to me, with. The, like,
1: to me, the celebrity things aren't the the no, fun exactly. part. Not the celebrity because shit. because they're to me like they're regular people. I have better experiences gotcha. with other with
2: other people. Um, one one that you tell like. Uh, like a pg version that's like one of your uh
0: no nah, fuck that i want a barbecue story okay nah,
2: <laughs> like
0: something you could tell at the barbecue but that's still I you know you could man. put on camera We
2: got a big grill bro <laughs> um
1: shit
0: i don't know man all right we're putting you on the spot don't <laughs> no, worry no i just Corey, uh, I appreciate
1: it's not it. it's, not, Corey it's has not a lot not, of stories it's not like on the spot and like i don't really care to share it i'm just trying to think
2: like of one what is there to you know we'll bring you back in a couple months or when you're available to, and to share yeah. Well, oh,
0: there's a lot. I'm sure like a fucking a crazy dig or when you went to go meet up with someone and fucking it didn't go the way you were hoping or it went better than the
1: way uh, you were hoping yeah, was,
0: I mean so on the same trip
1: in Florida, so my buddy Jesse, who owns F and Frank, um, we went out to Florida and we found this girl we found this girl on eBay who was selling glasses and we went over to her to his house, her house to do this dig and to circle back on it. Um, who's the guy again who who sell who sings Throw some D's on it, some D's. Rich Boy. Rich Boy, okay. Mm, Rich call. Boy's stylist. Yeah, this is a funny story. Rich Boy's stylist borrows these glasses. Mm-hmm. We send these glasses to the Mondrian. Okay, mm-hmm. and I've never stayed, never even been to a nice hotel except for at that point. Mondrian's um, dope. Yeah, and points. it was ni- It was nice, nicer then than it is now. But I'd been to Fountain Bluff for this thing with Ross, but the Mondrian. So send these glasses, To the Mondrian. They lose the glasses. Mm. Okay? they lose the glasses. I mean, they pretend to say, lose the glasses. No, don't, I, don't. I think they legitimately do. Man, I'm freaking out. Manager of the hotel, mm. look, we would like to offer you three weeks. <laughs> we'll give you three weeks worth of stay. We're so sorry. You know, I can claim it on my insurance, but as our thing, we're gonna give you three weeks of stay because that's the value of what you say the glasses or whatever. Amazing. Cool. We go and we stay at the Mondrian. <laughs> First of all, as we're checking into the Mondrian and I go upstairs with Jesse, they're like, hey, Mr. Shapiro, there's a package here for you. Um, And I'm like, well, I didn't send the package for me. And it just happened to have been that they found the package and didn't realize it and delivered the fucking box up to the room. So we're we're square and I got three weeks. So we go and we meet this girl. We're staying at the Mondrian and it's a business deal with this guy. We walk into this house and it's, this girl is like a, 20 on 10 hot from the bottom down but she ha- but she has a very very small head <laughs> like a pinhead and she- and it's and she's like
2: like she's- beetlejuice style like, <laughs> like beetlejuice right. and
1: and i'm like i'm like holy shit when i'm looking at jesse and i'm and i'm like jesse what the fuck He's one of the head And I don't, want to say, I don't want to say something insensitive because I don't know if she just has a small
0: head or if this is some disease. And I don't what want to What nationality was she? I'm just trying to paint a picture. Jewish. Okay. she's was uh, Jewish. Oh, so, smoking hot Jewish smoking girl. Smoking hot Jewish girl. Rare.
1: Big tits, the whole shit. Pinhead. And pinhead. Beetlejuice. Okay? And so the father's sitting on a couch like this. He looks like an overgrown Larry David. He's in <laughs> a, swear to God, he's in a bathrobe with his boxers and his nuts are hanging out. Oh yeah. His nuts are hanging <laughs> out the whole time. She's <laughs> got a small head. I am ripped. <laughs> and all I want to do is leave with these glasses, but I'm talking to them very, very nicely. Mm-hmm. In, in this, and this whole thing, like everything's cool, whatever, no problem. Do this deal with it. I'm like playing like fun. find the ace, find the ace. Cool. I get the deal. Brings it out to the car, pay him. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Calls us like seven, eight minutes later. He goes, i'm so sorry man he's like uh i decided i'm not gonna do the deal i'm like oh well i've already bought the stuff and we have it at fedex like i'm not we're gone like so sorry yo bring me my fucking glasses And i'm like bring you your glasses what? like brother fedex like this so he fun.
0: decides that he doesn't he, want to sell you the so, stock
1: so i buy all the stock from him
0: and he'd regret I, like it. pennies
1: on a dollar but i still gave him like thousands of dollars yeah and he decides he doesn't want to do the deal, but I'm gone with it. I'm with Jesse. I'm in the car. And fuck you. You already fuck went to you, Florida bro. to do this. Yeah, I'm in Florida. Stop. So our buddy, um, our, uh, our buddy Aaron Reed is turning 18 years old in Atlanta. So we're going to fly out to Atlanta mm-hmm. for the birthday, come back, and then Jen's going to come meet me in Florida. We're going to have a vacation and whatever. Mm-hmm. So we fly out. Now I'm staying in this hotel ship for free. Great. Never staying in a hotel like this, and and the whole thing's comped. I'm like, that's great. And I've had three weeks at like, the Mondrian's, like, but I'm not 15 staying for three weeks. Yeah, I'm like at this point, I'm I'm staying for a week, but oh, I'm okay. gonna break it up and yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah gotcha. really work see, this. See you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even afford to have breakfast at the shit. Thank mm-hmm. God it's comped. It's like
0: twenty five dollars a drink at the Mondrian.
1: Literally. Forget about that. Like toast is like nine bucks. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not caking like that. So we, so we get back to the thing at night, and. I had a conversation with the guy, so he asked where we were staying and the whole thing. It was a friendly deal that we didn't fuck him. <laughs> Yo, the guy, you know the chairs that are outside of the Mondrian? Like, there's like that deck. Mm-hmm. The guy's sitting at the, the Mondrian. And I'm like, holy fuck, How old, He's an old man. He's an, he's like Larry man. David. He's, he's just sitting a crazy at neurotic. Bathrobe or? What? No, he's not in a bathroom. Okay. He's uh-huh. he's he's in Bermuda shorts and a white t-shirt. Making sure. And waiting for you. Waiting for out. me. And I'm like, oh my God, no, you like, don't want this scrap, dude really. is fucking waiting for me. <laughs> And so we and the glasses are up in your room. The obviously. glasses are one hundred percent up in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I have not brought them to FedEx. He called <laughs> me seven minutes later, but fuck him. We made a deal. Fuck you. <laughs> I paid you. So he's so waiting wait. there, and then so I'm getting these calls from this other number. We're walking on like Washington or some shit. Me and Jesse, and it's it's the girl, the <laughs> pinhead, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, yo, I'm coming and get my sausage back, and I'm like, What sausage back. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm looking at Jesse. Jesse's like, dude. She's like, what the hell did you get us into? This is ridiculous. Yeah, and Florida's like, a weird place already. It's a like. very weird place, and I don't really know it like that, and, and like I haven't hooked up with people first who, class who, if Florida I need right a now. call, can come and help me out. I'm mm-hmm. still like the guy that was staying at the Hojo that somehow is at the fucking Mondrian, yeah. you know? And she's like, I'm coming to get our sausage back, and she's like, my dad's gonna kill you. Right. He's outside your hotel now. He's gonna shoot you, And and I'm like, Oh my god! I'm like Jesse. What the fuck, bro? So we go back. We drive through the thing, and like, and I'm like, tell the driver, I'm like, because they have this long driveway. I'm like, look, drive through the thing. I'm gonna say hi to this guy. It could get hostile, but you keep on driving. It's a drive through, <laughs> okay? We we're good. I'm like Jess. If there's a problem, we're going to the airport or somewhere. Like we're out. Yeah. You know, you have your passport. He's like, no, but you don't need a passport to fly within the yeah, state. Locally. So I'm like, yeah, cool, exactly. I have my ID, we're we're good, you know? Drive through, I'm like, hey man, what are you doing here? The guy goes to reach into his, like, into his waist, like as if he has a gun. Mm. Before he can pull anything out, I'm like,
0: go, go, go.
1: <laughs> so we go, and then Jesse's like, what the fuck? Where are we gonna go? And so we've also spent all of our money on this buy, and Jesse right. did another buy, so we have... And all of our shit's in the room. Yeah. Oh, fuck.
2: It's a mess. Like
1: what to do? But fuck it. Let's go to the airport. So we stay at the airport. We go to Aaron's birthday. Do this whole thing
0: with Aaron. And then come back when it blows over, you figure.
1: Oh Yeah, come back the next day. I'm going to meet Jen, you know? So Jen meets me at the airport. He's not waiting outside still. He's... It's the next day, bro. It's four o'clock the next day. <laughs> Fucking dude has not moved not only is he not moved oh, he has a couple in, drinks in oh, front he wants of to kill him this is he florida wants in a nutshell. he wants to kill he me. wants Literally, to kill me that and that i'm that like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what the fuck and jen's like who's that i'm like tell jen like the cliff Quickly. notes so we get out of the car Are we go into the thing i'm like i don't know what to do so i tell the security guards the story they have to pack us up and escort us out through their garage and call the cops oh, and this oh, and it was like a nightmare yeah so that's our that's our scenario now we've checked so you a... were earning your money because right.
0: whatever you made on that load you know you almost got killed well, for it. so
1: now we're back at the hojo okay we're,
2: we're, come, life is we're back at the hojo life is good at the Hojo. i'm a homie at, the hojo. You know? at the hojo yeah we stayed at the hojo. In in the hojo.
0: same room bro
2: yeah, yeah. We in oh for sure this is no this is your friends are here oh yeah,
1: yeah so i'm at the hojo i'm feel i feel good about it it's in surfside it's like right between miami and bal harbour It's like some weird like little strip that they call Surfside Mm -hmm. for some reason. So I'm in the Hojo and then I have a client come and I can't say what the client is, but he's a very high profile. He walks in like 10 deep
2: and- Does he have a star on the top of his head? No, he does not. Just making sure. He is- He's referring to Burton. Yeah, no, he is not. (laughs) 10 deep, I'm like- (laughs) No, 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 but you're walking in
1: 10 deep and he wants to buy gazelles. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, here's, uh, here's the gazelles. And the guy, favorite, looks, and guy looks at me and goes, uh, fuck, did you say? I'm like, the gazelles. He's like, what are those? I'm like, they're gazelles. That's what you want. He said, didn't you hear right? I said, hear right. Yeah, you wanted the gazelles. No, I wanted the gazelles. So backtracking through this whole thing, in the 80s and 90s, bootleg cazals were called gazelles.
0: Oh, oh that was the misconception. So, Yeah. So, But in
1: his mind... Yeah. he was that's dumb as fuck shit. that's the real shit this
0: little fucking fat jewish kid is trying, he's trying to, to hustle me, me
1: trying to sell me kazal and it gets wild <laughs> it gets fucking wild they are all strapped i'm fucking and he's like and it's like out of a movie and i'm like oh my god yeah you trying to play me like, you think i'm know, like yeah i'm difference? like not only am i gonna die i, I over some bullshit. i'm like i one life was cool yesterday <laughs> I'm like, but I'm going to die in a hojo. I'm going to be the Canadian kid that's going to get shot. In the you get and whacked in, in, a, a hojo in a hojo over a, hojo, over over a pair a of penny glasses. glasses transaction. And you were right, too. And I'm right. Word. And I'm not even trying to fuck the kid. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm like uh, now I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, sir, can we please refer to the internet? You know? Yeah. Like, And the and the at the time like the internet's also not as fast right now, so to pull some shit up like that, it's a bit of a feed, you know. It's an awkward moment. Yeah, you open the fucking computer. The computer doesn't. Computer has porno on it when it comes. Uh, The whole thing, it's like a mess, you know. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, literally, I'm like, I'm gonna die at the fucking Hoja over a fucking pair of glasses. And I just escaped Pinhead and the fat Larry David with his nuts (laughs) out. I'm like, I'm like, this is insane, you know. Time to get out of Florida. And I'm like, if I, but I'm like, but if I win this is all worth a lot of money. So like, so anyways, the thing finally calms down, but that was like, that was crazy, you know? And it's just been like, there's been a lot of crazy scenarios that we get ourselves into. Part, Partially karma, partially just because I think like I actually want to get into them. Partially you
0: know? because I think people with your character attract. Yeah, That, maniacs, you, that Cordy, vibe. I got like, an idea. Fucking maniac. Stay
2: home with your kids. Write a fucking book. Yeah, right. You got, you yeah. got some things. Well, to say. I think
0: we still have more chapters to uh, to, to make. Round one. I'll leave, one. You, I'll
2: leave you with a with a
1: more positive one, so hey. it doesn't make. Fair. It's a it's um our webs our website keeps on getting keeps on declining. We're in our Westminster office. My my staff Eric's there. And my staff Eric goes. Um, so whenever your address and your credit card didn't match, it declines on the website. And at the time, if you were f- making a purchase from out of state, you would um, most of the time it would decline because it would show on the credit card like, you're buying in Canada and you weren't really right. there. So naturally, like you would kind of contact the people and tell them like if you're trying to, if it wasn't credit card fraud, <clears throat> you could just call up your credit card company, tell them it, what, what's where happened? you're trying to make, it and they'll let it through. So this guy's trying to put through this order for like 20 grand and 20 grand is a major order at this time putting it through putting it through putting it through some arab name and i'm like i don't know what the fuck this is phone rings we shouldn't have been at the office i answer the phone hi my name is uh so-and-so i'm trying to put together a purchase and da da da, da. um i'm from uh i'm from bahrain but i live in in the states and uh, this whole thing and I don't know where Bahrain is at this time. Mm. And I don't, Do you know now? What? Yeah, but it, I, I know now. Okay, really but good. I'm not sure. But, I, but I'm not really is. sure where it's it near is. Dubai, it's you know, no, i I know like I get what world what part of the world it is, yeah. but I'm not really versed in that. And he, so uh I'm like, oh, tell him the spiel, like, we'll call your credit card company, tell them you're trying to make the purchase. And then so I'm sitting there with Eric and I'm like, yeah, well, let's give it a couple of minutes. Like, we shouldn't be here anyways. And if it goes through, it goes through. If it doesn't, it fucking doesn't.
0: And you're going to wait weeks before fucking sending out 30 grand of stock. Yeah,
1: 20 grand or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Goes through.
0: I'm like,
1: 20 grand. I'm like, this is fucking, this is major. And at the time, Good uh, do, yeah, the time the dollar is like one, five, four. So it's like, it's really 30 something. And Amazing. it's fucking, it's, I'm it's like, up, it's up there. Like, this is great, you know? And uh, so the guy calls back, he goes, oh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big glasses fan, and it's got this British accent and this whole shit, and he's like, you know, do you have stuff that's not on the website? I really want to have a, a good glasses. Like, sure, I sure, tons of shit. So I look up his name, and I, I Google his name, and it says, and I'm like, I don't know, probably is wrong, it says that he's the, either the king or the prince of Bahrain, and I'm like, doesn't make sense. He calls me back, Super Bowl's coming on, black Peas are playing. Hey, uh, you know, would those happen to be your glasses on Will. I am? Well, yeah, they would. Well, I would like them. How many colors do they come in? I don't know. 20? Yeah, I'll take 20. What were they? What was the. What was Like the this piece? Porsche glass, right? Okay. I know take, a little bit about Porsche take the, glasses. Take the 20. Okay. How much are they each? I don't know. Whatever, yeah, you're like the, Whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. I right, still don't know who the guys, you know? 16 hundi, 12 hundi. <laughs> Another like crazy, you know? I'm like, oh my God, this is great. So now we got to start catering to this guy. He's fucking for real. There's no... I'm dropping So, 30, I, so 50 I look, G's. I said, I said, bro, you know, I, I'm so sorry to have Googled you, but it's a high level transaction. Um,
2: yeah, you just want to do your back like... Uh, it says
1: that you're the king of uh, No, 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 I'm not the king. I'm the prince. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, this is your number
2: one rich guy of all yeah. time. The and he's point. like... This is your number one.
1: He's like, I'm... Uh, He's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in school. We, I go to school and blah, 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 but it just goes to show you. And like, I ended up being his personal stylist and, and doing all this type of stuff for him. And he was like, actually, you made nice friends afterwards. Oh yeah, we were very, after, after we were very 60, close. Very close friends. I bet but, you did. <laughs> but he, no, no, but not, on, but not on some crazy shit. He was like actually Good. one of the nicest, genuine human beings on the world. Mm-hmm. But the point of it is that the success of the company has has literally come from never taking. Anybody at like
2: you're not catering.
1: Well, it's we are catering, but we're catering to everyone because you never know like who that person is. Sure. And it's the same thing when someone DMs me and they freak out that I'm writing the back. Well, like I'm a human, and like everybody's yep. a human. And the point is that the company caters to humans. It doesn't matter whether you're the prince or Diddy or Ross or Jay or whatever, or if you're just some kid who's like worked you know for a month to be able to afford a hundred dollar glass. The the key to any company in, in current society um, is to treat everybody one hundred percent the same. And with that, that's the recipe for success. And that's the the more positive note without a guy who's nuts oh. hanging out and a daughter with
2: big tits
0: and a small
1: head.
2: <laughs>
0: I couldn't have summarized this episode any better. Right? Um, Corey, you're the man.
2: Thank, thank you, you for coming
0: by, man. It was great catching yes, up with you, my brother. You're yes, definitely sir. welcome back anytime Appreciate you want to join Appreciate us. Appreciate it. It is what it is. My boy Corey Vintage Frames in the building. The MLT podcast. Your boy Bless. Let me know. Keep it locked. Thank you.